Words make us rich and famous But we intend to get more rich than famous Fuck the fame, get the fortune Life has its way of picking favorites Which makes us take the focus off of what's for us And think of switching places Let's take it back to my one bedroom TV on the floor Back when we couldn't see our dreams but knew we wanted more Back when Kennard would tell me I sound like I'm from New York And I need a feature from Kafani if I won't support He wasn't wrong, that was just his opinion His problem was I saw further than what he envisioned Believe a nigga, the non-believers will leave a nigga Win, lose, or draw, no matter what, that's a me decision Be consistent I gotta watch the way I move cause they know who I am Nowadays my worst decisions could get caught on cam People wanna hold you up when it's time to advance Life is short, I can't be out here not trying to expand Waking up to text from every girl I like, girl I like girl Jumping out of car to jump back on the, flight. on the flight Think I wouldn't go through hell and back to live this life You fucking right, this shit ain't happened overnight But yeah, like, because I've been listening to y'all, I always remember, like, episodes based on, like, what job I was working at. Like, I remember where I was at when I heard it, like, like when I first heard y'all, like, y'all both, it was like Avengers or something, because y'all both have two different, like, superpowers. Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> listening, I'm not like the super Marvel, you know, guy like Animal Thank Brown. Yeah. But, but like, like, because first, like, when I first heard Spike, you were so ruthless, bro. Like the stuff you used to say, I'm like, this dude is so ruthless, man. Yeah. And then like a lot Anna, less tact back in those days, you're right. Yeah, the Anno Brown had such an animation about it that used to be so hilarious to me. Like, so y'all just always had a, a dope uh chemistry. So for those that are listening, y'all gonna have to excuse me if I fan out, but uh yeah, I just had to say that. We appreciate that. That's what we started it for. And for those listening and you're familiar with that other voice, you just can't place it. You've been listening to the On Deck TV show for the last, what, 10 years that we've been doing it almost, man. That's my brother from another mother, Hannibal Brown over there. What's good? Hey, man, I can't call it, man. Glad to be here, bro. I appreciate the words, though, fam. That's, that stuff mean a lot of real talk. Absolutely, man. We're happy to have you here. As we do, awitb2020 at gmail.com. It's another week in the books. I am Spike Lou. Mo, what's up? Man, what's good, man? It's, it's about to get crazy the episode, right, right? It, it's, it's chapter 15. It's about to get crazy, man. I Absolutely. feel good about it. You this. were pushing for this. I'm happy for that. I'm happy this gets to happen, man. It's going to unfold really nicely for people yes. that are fans of the On Deck TV podcast slash show. That are mm-hmm. fans of myself, that are fans of Animal Brown, that are fans of this podcast, fans of Mo. So this this is going to be really nice as far as building the foundation of what we do in this content space. Yeah. Again, we bringing Fridays back, man. This will be a dope Friday, right? Yeah, man, y'all ain't had Fridays this good since. <laughs> I was waiting on your Friday. Cliche, y'all ain't had Fridays this good with it. Y'all ain't had Fridays this good since. Didn't I tell you to take the garbage out front, son? Y'all ain't had it good since then. You know what I mean? So get high on this content this week, man. Back. So how we do this, man, we start with the off-deck questions. That's Mo. He's been a long-time listener of the On Deck TV show with Adam Brown and myself. So he gets to ask a question from what he heard on the previous broadcast. And we get to tell him how we think about it 
off deck. Also, we're going to do the relevant events for the weeks. Tap into the zeitgeist thing to get the searches going when new people find this podcast. Got a couple things that we pulled out there, especially the AB may like since he's here. Got some Brett Favre stuff, some <laughs> Kanye West stuff, and some Adnan Saeed stuff for those serial fans. And lastly, man, the main thing, we're talking about the power of podcasting. Animal Brown and myself have been knowing each other for a really long time, and we jumped into this endeavor wanting to expand our media profiles a long time ago, blog talk radio. And um, we build it up to where we are to now. So Maurice's been listening since then. He's going to get to tap in and ask some questions, man. Let's have some fun. Yes, What's sir. What's off deck, Mo? So off deck this week, uh, y'all know it, it's a spinoff from On Deck where these two hosts, and with the recent charges of Shaka Zulu, my question was to both of you, do y'all think this is going to be like a new trend in society? And when I say new trend, I'm referring to how over the past few years, police brutality has found its way to be a frequent place for content in regards to news and more specifically black news. Uh, do y'all think this is going to start becoming a thing? Because, And, and I'm going to leave it to y'all, but only reason I'm saying that is because Spike, you know, I've spoke about the agenda. You know, what I mean, we know there's an agenda here. Like people can say whatever they want to say, but I there's an agenda. There's there's a a narrative that's trying to be pushed here. So do y'all think this is this is just a one off because of who the uh the the what is the woman in politics right now? Y'all think it's just because of that, or y'all think this this could possibly become the new trend now where you you having self defense, but they try to spin it like it's murder. It's manslaughter you know what i mean what y'all think um since we recorded the show i've seen the video and i think i've changed my perspective a little mm. however i do understand what you're saying in the video man it's hard to say that hey man that's self-defense he was in danger like i, I can't really see that however what i would like to just harp on as far as just Shaka Zulu seems like an upstanding citizen, as we were saying on the On Deck TV show. And sometimes we see people get benefits of the doubt, but it's usually not people from our culture. We get the whole Celtics coach thing. And I just think more so to my point of seeing that video, like black men, we literally got to be perfect in the positions that we hold, regardless of our background, regardless of the good track record that we have. It's like, oh, here's an opportunity to bring this nigga down and we're going to take it. That's the trend that I see, because even in that video, it's questionable. I ain't going to lie. I'm looking at the video now. I ain't as sold as like, oh, man, self-defense. They fucking with him. The description and the video are different. Like if you read that description and you look at the video, you're like, oh, shit. However, again, it's just like there have been men, white men or other, other nationalities that probably would get off from this. It would be even be this close as to arresting him for murder. So I do think the perfection of when you're in a position of having to be a black man, you can talk about Barack or whatever position that they hold. Like you have to be damn near perfect or they're coming to get you in this case. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, we talked about it on the show, man. It, it seemed like Fanny got a hard on for like the big high profile joints. And Shaka Zulu is high profile. He tied to Ludacris, obviously. So it kind of seemed like she just trying to get her name in the news again. Uh, I'm not sure if she's uh, all the way behind this yet. But trust me, at some point, she'll tie herself to it. I will say this, though. In terms of the trend of not really being able to defend yourself because you don't really know how it's going to look 
that ain't going nowhere because the, the question is easy would you rather be judged by 12 or carried by six and until mm-hmm. that answer changes then people are going to be they're going to get clapped at in that type of situation like things happen quickly i understand it mm-hmm. we have the hindsight of watching the video from the comfort of our home and we're and we have a bird's eye view of what's going on that's not how it feel when you're getting jumped by four and five dudes um things happen a lot quicker in that situation so where we're looking at it analyzing it monday morning quarterback and because we have that perspective we like eh, technically when he pulled the strap they were backing off of him like yeah. it, the, the the threat seemed to be kind of over mm-hmm. and then he kind of shot so we analyzing it on some john madden shit because we we have we can we can see it like that i don't know how the judge gonna see it i'm very interested to see how it turn out i will say this though like you said he seems to be an upstanding citizen all i can say is fellas keep your record as clean as possible have friends in high places and stack some bread in case something like this happen that's all i'm gonna say Thanks. that's the only way to prevent it yeah exactly they're gonna come for you if you make any mistakes yeah it's crazy because you know we've heard the phrasing from you know those the boys in blue uh, i fear for my life we've heard that you know what i'm saying like so looking at the video he he could use that i feared for my life but it doesn't hold the same weight and like he said it, we do have time to review that i remember i was in college man like we was at a party. We was host. We was hosting a party, low key, like at, at like our sister's uh, crib off campus. Some 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 thugs. Did you rap? Uh, <laughs> this guy. Nah, I wasn't rapping. My my one of my bros. He was DJing. These niggas from Gary. Okay. You yeah. I probably know about dudes from Gary, oh, close to shit. Chicago. Yeah. So they was in town. I don't remember what. I don't know if we had some kind of homecoming, some kind of party going on, like the mainstream party but we had the off campus like the hood shit so we went over to our sister's crib and my bro he DJing aka Ox Corden and dudes come over there and we somebody word to our, our ears say hey yo y'all want to go over here to this party he was like oh yeah we about to shut this down we about to go over here so my bro was like hey yo party's over everybody gotta leave and so d- the dudes that walked in you know these niggas got 5x T-shirts, big ass coats on, jeans, baggy, super, super wrinkled, duck boots. You know what I'm saying? They coming in smell like weed. So, Not the duck boots. so do, people wasn't moving fast enough. Now, mind you, my friend, my bro, he is like a toothpick. It's a little nigga. This man says, "Y'all heard what I said? Party's over. Get the f- out." Them niggas walked out, came back in, and things escalated so fast, bro. Like they was coming at us, like we all was getting spanked for real, <laughs> like in the quick the quickness. Like some of us was like trying to, you know, block and duck because we didn't see they had that many niggas. And then some of us were trying to get the females out the way. It went so quick. So tying it back to the the Shaka Zulu situation, that stuff is so real. And then my nigga got his phone stolen. We had to do like the check in type of thing. Like somebody knew somebody that knew somebody that had to get his phone back. And I'm surprised some thug dudes brought the phone back, bro. I was so surprised. So Damn you're absolutely dudes. right. <laughs> it wasn't even like it wasn't even that great of a phone, but that's another story. <laughs> but A B I Freddie Gibbs with them niggas. Yeah, man. So it's them sound know. like some niggas that Freddie Gibbs hang with. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But them they 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 <laughs> move with the swiftness and they they definitely got us out of there. You know what I'm saying? So it 
it does escalate pretty quickly and i was not prepared none yeah. of us was you know what i'm saying so you know in that situation if you fear for your life especially if, if that's not his first time shocker then by any means you know what i'm saying you kind of got to do what you got to do but i hope this doesn't become the trend yeah i don't think that um like you said everything moves so quickly in those situations so it is easier as you two said from us to see the video on the left i don't know if his life was in we don't know his thought process that's why these cases are hard yeah, yeah. however like you said it is going to be very interesting to watch and see how it does play out like what comes from this because as long as we in america you ain't gonna have no problem defending yourself it's just how 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 are you gonna build your defense in the courtroom yeah. for defending yourself like niggas gonna be able to shoot you for for running up on them this is the land we live in yeah, yeah. Uh, however like this is are you gonna be able to get prosecuted you gonna have the money and the connections like ab said to get off of that shit yeah now, hopefully shock of money and connections come through ab I, I do got a question you said you you want to try to know friends in high places how do we go how do you go about that like an everyday you know creator everyday you know black man like one of us how do you go about that like you like bro i don't go to, i don't work corporate america i don't you know what I'm saying? how do you how would you gauge that like how do you get friends in high places man you listen you, you gotta get out the house mm. you know what i'm saying like it's okay. really that simple it, I, I, I learned we've been down here since 2010 and I didn't really understand the power in the statement. It ain't what you know is who you know until I moved to Atlanta. That is the definition of my time here. I, I Every opportunity that I have ever gotten since May of 2010 when I moved down to Atlanta has been because of somebody I knew. Everything. So, like, literally. So, it's th that right there is getting out the house. It's being personable. It's being authentic. I'm an introvert. I don't like getting out of the house and meeting new people, but it's part of the it's part of the game, you know, of life. Mm -hmm. If you want to try to get ahead, you know what I'm saying? It's the relationships you build. People look out for you, bro. Like mm -hmm. straight up, you got somebody you know at the that's high up at the police station. This should go away. Mm -hmm. You got somebody that you know a, a lawyer. I mean, a, a, a judge or something, bro. This should go. This shit happens across America every day. Shit like this gets swept under all oh, the footage. What footage? We ain't see nothing. I don't know where that went. You know what I'm saying? Man, that shit here today, gone tomorrow. So uh, getting out the house, being personable and authentic, man, that's the that's the best thing I can I can suggest from an introvert. <laughs> so how did you Absolute and, and I, I'll oh. say this this is for both y'all, but like cause I know Spike, me and you spoke last week kinda like there needs to be like a middle term, like between introverted and extroverted. Remember we were saying like you have there like is. extra what there is a term for it? Mm -hmm, it's omnivert. Omnivert. Mm -hmm. Animal Brown dropping gems right now. <laughs> <laughs> to answer so, your question from a yeah. practical before you move on, mm -hmm. Animal Brown is 100% correct. And to use him as an example, most you need to become an expert in the things that you're interested in. So you're really going to meet people who gravitate to you, who are in positions that may need your skills, your service, your viewpoint. When you really study the things that you do, I use Animal Brown for instance. He went to audio engineering school. Like he knows audio that's how we got started in this as far as video and even doing the podcast he was able to use his knowledge of that to cultivate a, a really solid relationship with a guy who has a studio down here and do and have plenty of other media opportunities he gets to meet the mayors of cities he gets to do a lot of different things from a relationship of him again being an expert in his field this guy has a studio he meets all of these people but i don't really know audio like that he meets Animal Brown and they having conversation. He realizes, oh, you know how to do this? 
hey, well, let me take you under my wing and let me show you everything that I know. In turn, show me some of the things that you've learned as well. Mm -hmm. And all these opportunities that I come across from the build, from the network that I've built, I'm letting you in this room. I want you to sit right here and learn this too, because I see the potential based off what you provided for me. So you have to bring something to the table as well. When you out networking, you meeting people, you can't go, hey man, let me, uh, one of the things that people who are in established positions, you're gonna learn this. And people that listen to this, people hate when you say, "Hey man, let me pick your brain." No, no, bro. I paid money for this information. Mm. Like I, I put in years of work for the information that I have in my brain. So more so is you being an expert in what you're good at and gravitating towards people who need that skill or services and having a barter system. That's how you start to meet more people. That's how I met all the people that I've had or met in Atlanta. Like based yeah. off something that I took an interest or liking to then you get online you go to meetups you go to those different things that people who are interested in what you're interested in do too and they see you have knowledge in it and then boom it goes yeah. to them now that's all facts right though i, I, I want to ask too how did how do you get over and i don't know if, if it was the prior move to atlanta but how do you get over to like Man, nah, I ain't about to. You know, I'm, I'm doing too much. Like, like the the overly cool factor, where you just gonna be too cool, like to meet or uh, say anything. You know what I mean? Like, you random people. Like, was that like a thought process before the move, or was that like, oh, we are? I made the bold move to move here. I know if opportunity presents itself, I got to shake that introvertedness off. Like, yeah. how did you shake that to be able to get them opportunities? Yeah, that's the tough part, but that's why. And and th this is why me and Lou work so well. I'm I'm introvert. I, I'm not comfortable with walking up to strange motherfuckers and talking to them. Like it's not my thing. Lou don't give a shit. And I, I mm. we we've we've been out to revolt. We've been out to places. But but see where I come into play is I know who a lot of people are in music that aren't necessarily super famous because I, I read a lot. Of, I'm I'm into it really heavy. So I'll see somebody that may be an executive, and that's what I can go, hey, Lou, that's dude from XYZ. He just mm. did a deal with so-and-so. Okay, bet. And he'll go and go over there and, nigga, off that little 20-second little drop, he can go over there and fill in the rest. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of where the teamwork comes into play. So that that's aligning yourself with people who maybe are strong where you're weak. That's probably a key point. But again, I, got, I still got a lot of work to do in terms of getting over that. Because then what will happen is, and we've told a funny story on the podcast before about going up to the CEO of Revolt when Lou wasn't around. So I had to go up to him and he tried to shake it on me. And I was and I was like, this is why I don't come and talk to motherfuckers right here, right here, dude. Yeah. So that shit pissed me off. And that's what why I was do? like, he said, who? You saying, is that the, the moment where he was like, I ain't heard of y'all? Is that is exactly? That Oh, he's like I, I have him to fly. He was like, "What is this? This a piece of paper? I ain't heard of y'all. If Kenny Burns ain't told me about you, then I, he tried to make it seem like it was on some. Let me pick your brain." And I was like, "Nigga, I'm trying to tell you ain't heard about me, nigga. I'm telling you about me now, nigga. Like, yes, this is the flyer. It's a piece of paper. This is promotion, man. You know this. It ain't all just the paper. Like, stop yeah, playing me. Yeah. So, so but that's the reason. Stuff like that'll set you back, though. Yeah. I could been in okay. a good mood. I could have the yeah. last three or four people I walked up to, it might have worked, but something like that'll happen, and that's enough for an introvert to be like, "Man, fuck this." Yep, yeah. Mm -hmm. all that's almost like the physical version of hopping in the comments and saying, "Hey, yo, check out my." 
mixtape. Yeah, exactly. It has zero to do mixtape in there, yeah. right? I've done that, so trust me, it's it's terrible. But okay, I, I, I ain't get gonna that. Lie, I'm not shocked that you've done that, Morris. <laughs> this guy, oh, one day that's gonna be the intro song. I'm gonna play one of my joints as the intro oh, song. Oh, I'm expecting it. I'm fully expecting. I, I swear, to I got I got the whole. Like, who is his strapping now? Yeah, exactly. I got the whole catalog ready. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> when the time presents itself, I'm in my bag. I'm definitely, and I need that Jeff track too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but yeah, he, he Adam Brown is 100 right. You got to pair yourself with people who are able to do things that you aren't necessarily good at or you're you don't want to do but they are good at and yeah. how i gained that it's just we've talked about how i grew up before it's just how the way that i grew up like me and my friends even before i've been out around like we've been outside for a long time probably too long like i was going to clubs and shit with 13 14 years old and i've been working since i was 14 and we used to work at me and around i used to work at walgreens been on different sides of town but we worked at walgreens like on the probably the richest two sides of town in nashville he worked in green hills i worked in bell Mead. so i say all of that to say how i learned to kind of get over going up to talk to me bro i was working there with four gold teeth with diamonds in my mouth and old white ladies was coming up oh you have such a beautiful smile so you have to figure out how to balance the two oh things of like not scaring the shit out of them but you i'm working there so yeah, yeah. It, that helped me a lot with my personality i gained a lot of my personality working like service like customer service jobs and shit like that i, I agree and i agree with you uh i've worked a lot of jobs like that too and I, I agree with you tying it back to what you were saying as we move forward uh having friends in high places having i feel like you you have to have a service or a product you know, this is the product that I have, or this is the you service that I provide. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely agree. I, I didn't get that concept in my twenties. I just like in my head, I'm dope. And you need to know I'm dope. You know what I'm saying? But now I understand, like, no, you know, you need the proof in the pudding, bro. Like you need proof what of the concept. One of the <laughs> best ways I've heard it described from how people like that think, and I can't think if it was Marcus Lamoda, Animal Brown, and I watched uh, The Prophet of Life. I'm not sure if it was him or if it was Mark Cuban. It was one of those guys in those positions. He was like, when I look for people that work for me or who I'm partnering with, like they should come to me with solutions. They shouldn't come to me with ideas. They shouldn't come to me with new problems because I'm the head of the organization. I'm already running shit. I already have all these problems as well. So if you're coming to me with new information, it should be, hey, this is what I see. This is what I want to do about it. And we'll proceed from there. Mm-hmm. If it's anything else, then you're just presenting me with another problem. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking, oh, I want to go pick somebody's brain or this person's in a position, it's like you just said, Maurice, you got to have something to offer otherwise. You just another person that's in their life that's taking something from them versus adding value to them. Facts. Yeah, I agree. All right, so getting into our relevant. Getting what events. you looking for with the on deckers, um, Mo. Oh yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We getting we getting a a personable animal brown right now. We getting the B sides of animal <laughs> animal, brown. animal brown. Or are we doing C are we doing CJ? I, I I meant to ask that at the top of the show. We doing CJ. You getting corporate on us Please right now. We get to the so, bottom of that. You know what right. I'm saying? We we doing CJ. We doing I ain't mad at it either way. You know what I'm saying? Nah, 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 we AB for today, man. It's on Maybe. there. All right. Respects. Okay. Yes, you got to be able to turn it on and off and have different personas, <laughs> yeah. man. You know, I still able. had a podcast nickname like before I I just flat out went to my real name like i had a podcast mm-hmm. nickname it was what'd you go by well yeah i was on deck of coolie miles 
Uh, yeah, oh. for sure. Yeah, that was me. So yeah, I was like, oh, on decker the week, Cooley Miles. He said, you know, that was me. Uh, which I pulled. Maurice, from- huh? Maurice Hunt the third is way more profound in my opinion. You think so? Is it because yeah, of the third? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's just it all goes together. I mean, to be honest, I would go by that over Cooley Miles one hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a few rap names. We ain't gonna. That ain't. This ain't that episode though. No, gonna, no, I should have did that with. <laughs> <laughs> I should have did that with Jeff was here. But so, but what? But really, as we move on, what convicted me on going by my real name was literally that Drake B side, uh, Pound Cake. I'm authentic, real mm. name, no gimmicks, no games, no scrimmage. I ain't playing with you niggas. That is what made me say, "Damn, I gotta go by my real name." You know what I'm saying? From that point on, I just roll with that. I'm like, that's what it is. So. Shouts out to Drake, man. But uh, that's your favorite artist, right? Yeah, ever all time. That's crazy. That's everybody. Ah, Tupac, 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 Tupac. Pac Tupac. and Drake. Pac and nice, Drake. Interesting combo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Let's hop out into the Zygites, man. And these are cultivated right for AB. Yes, Lord. We didn't get to talk about this on the On Deck TV show, man. But Kanye West was on Good Morning America, and he said, "Guess what?" Sway had the fucking answers the whole time. The whole time, Sway had the answers. Who the fuck knew? When you saw this, Maurice, what did you think before we get to Animal Prime? Came uh, before. Oh, man. I, I just thought this was so hilarious, bro. It was so hilarious because now it's like, how you can't even really use the house, Sway. Like, I feel like, dang, we can't even use that now. Cause Sway had the answers, so you almost got to say, you know, what I'm saying, flip it another kind of way. But like him doing that, I mean, I still feel like it was kind of that bipolar scatterbrain that Kanye always has. So him doing that, the dropping the gap deal and saying, "Hey, do this," it's like it's funny. Even when he said it though, like I guess Sway had the answer. It almost seemed kind of pre-production, you know, as we use here on, on another week in the books. It seems like, oh, you this was a, a thinking process. You were cued this question before. So did you know you know what's going he on. He should have been thinking about this shit. He shouldn't he should maybe he might have he might have not been, but it's it's so crazy because hold on. I, I'll wait to I would have get Animal Brown's response before I dive deep into <laughs> like how niggas don't be listening. Like sometimes because we've all fell victim to that. But Animal Brown. Let me thought, speak on that real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it, I, I it irritated the hell out of me because, like he said, it's, I guess Sway was right, and I saw the reason that he don't listen to Sway and the names that he dropped because he's feel like, oh, he's not an expert. How the fuck with this nigga? No, you do radio, motherfucker. Mm. It's still gems to be gotten from everybody. Like that old saying, say you got to be nice to the janitor, the CEO, all of them matter, and. Though Sway is not in the fucking fashion industry, he was asking a legitimate question. But since Kanye West was so bogged down in the midst of it, he didn't even take time to pay attention to what Sway had asked him. But I do respect, because I know Kanye West can be bullheaded. I do respect on Good Morning America, him coming back and saying, like, you know what? He was right. I feel like that goes to a lot of what I've been saying since I've seen the documentary. Even though he still do shit that irritate me, he is trying to move more carefully in what he says and the impactful things that he does towards the culture. So I, I do respect that he came and said, you know what, he was right. Yeah, but first of all, let's be clear. Uh, we all glad that that interview happened the way it, it happened because it was a classic interview. Like that was a Great classic moment. moment 
There's four or five classic quotables pulled from that memes that's gonna go on forever and ever. I'm in. But you right, bro. Niggas don't listen. Uh, there's two things I've learned: adults don't listen and adults don't read. They're like need <laughs> nobody. So Kanye is not exempt from that. <laughs> Sway was read. trying to tell him what Kanye was. He was in his bag. He he knew the cameras was on. He was turned up. Let's be very clear. He knows what he knows how to get a reaction. He knows how to create a spectacle. But what he was trying to explain as the Kanye whisperer that I am, he was trying to tell Sway that the scale of what he is trying to build is just too much for him at the time to afford to create that setup. You know what I mean? Like you need a lot of shit in order to create something as big as what he trying to do. But he said it ain't that. He, Sway said, I had a clothing line. It didn't really work. And he said, nigga, it wasn't that Ralph, though. I'm trying to build that Ralph. You understand what I'm saying? The polo man been around for a million of years. It ain't I never went out of style. You want exactly you know you was printing t-shirts i'm trying to build something like ralph lauren that right there takes money resources and a whole bunch of other shit that i don't have right now so that's the space he was coming from yeah. now he leveraged himself into a nice deal with gap nice deal with uh, adidas he got a, a, a billion next to his name now so he can should be able to go get some credit or a loan or something to now build that because he has the infrastructure mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's got a lot of that off of Adidas too, so he need to get him props too because they let him inside the doors too. So he's got a lot of that game. That's what you're supposed to do. Put yourself in position. If you can't do it yourself, put yourself apprenticeship, intern Absolutely. somewhere, get the game, stack your money, and then go and do it on your own. So yes, Sway was right, but Kanye wasn't wrong in the time because he didn't have the resources then. He couldn't have done that or built that to that scale. The 350 is going to be like the Air Force One, bro. Like it's going to be that common to see it you know what i'm saying like people think kanye won't sell out and he wants shit to be three and four times the resale price like dude don't want that he wants you to be able to walk in and get it at any time and you go anywhere around the world and people are wearing it like air force ones like stan smith's like polo shirts like he wants it like that and that takes a lot to build so sway was right but i don't think kanye was wrong at the time so two things can be true here there you go you know i think <laughs> hot take kanye was fresh off a of no fresh off a of no somebody told him no in a, walking into the building i think that i i agree with you i think that you know two things are true you know sway was right later on kanye was right in the moment right um i think when you said Adults don't listen and adults don't read. These these things are true. I had a my cousin. We used to work together and like, like I've I've I, once I got older because I I had low self esteem growing up. So when I got older and went to college and you know started really getting some sauce on the campus, I started really getting my confidence up. Me and my cousin worked together as adults and like I would talk comp because I'm a person I believe what I'm saying. Like I'm not coming in second guessing. Like, I could be, I could be confidently wrong, but I believe where I'm coming from because I used to never believe. My cousin used to challenge me. Like, actually, it says this. Actually, he used to do that so much. I'm like, damn, I really ain't reading. I really ain't doing my research. You know what I'm saying? So I, I completely agree with you when you say adults don't read. We don't do the research. We follow the headlines. But I will also say with this. Kanye I would like for him to be able to follow through on 
being able to have these in different markets because I spoke last week and I went on a rant because I've just I've been tired of certain aspects of Kanye but I'm always going to appreciate him as a black man and as a black creator but it's just certain aspects of approval that I, I have not appreciated uh, and even then in, in that moment sometimes you know sometimes people tell you a simple phrase and at that time it it's not it doesn't fit the complexities of where you at you know for example me a man of faith I've heard the phrase let go and let God and you'd be like bro like I got this going on I got that going on what do you mean like but as time has progressed I realize it's like oh they're saying don't worry about it you have you have to put it in a higher source and let it let the chips fall where they may let that stress go over here and focus on other things but at that time I'm like I ain't hearing you so I understand him saying hey go independence like bro you don't got the answers because at that time you're asking your response doesn't fit the complexity of the situation so i get where he was at that time but it's very funny (laughs) that's extremely funny it was a classic oh but you know you know what they say though like if i I just saw this video on instagram or twitter i don't know one of them and it was like how do you tell somebody that how do you tell somebody like bad news that you don't like they shit I don't know if y'all saw that. It went viral yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I had the guy was talking about how one of his closest friends did a play and he was sitting through the play and it was terrible. He's like, man, it's the worst shit I've ever seen. And, and the person came back after the play when they were all meeting up. She's like, hey, what did you think? And like, he told her the truth. Yo, I was excited to see you in your element doing your thing. Like that, that brought joy to me to see you doing that. And then the next day, after the adrenaline of her being off stage and having her first play, after she came down off of that, then he had a conversation like, let me tell you what I really thought about the material itself. This is I wasn't really feeling that. Then he gave his opinion on the negative part. I say that to say he probably did come fresh off a no, which is why his adrenaline was that at that level. And so he wasn't trying to hear a damn thing. Sway was spitting gospel, telling him the truth, the whole nine. It could have came from Ralph Lauren. Yeah. If he just got a no from somebody, or and that might have been his third door closed in his face, and I'm Kanye West, and they closing the door in my face, I'm not ready to receive the information right then. So he was just too amped up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's about the timing. You know what I mean? I know p- people say sometimes it's the messenger, not the message, and all of that type of stuff. Timing plays a part, too. He was too amped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot to what you do with that story has to do with what we forget about as patients. Like as that lady's friend or the man, whoever did the play, their friend, you have to be patient and graceful enough to understand that this is their moment. And regardless if you thought it was good or not, you're not being a good friend if you're coming out being brutally honest in their moment. That was a perfect scenario to be like, yeah, I I appreciated what you were doing and that you're doing this as your friend and then waiting till the next day. A lot of times, I think it has to do more with what you said when your cousin will slow you down and be like, well, actually, a lot of times we get excited with the mm-hmm. information that is out here like, Man, I gotta say this I gotta get this out yeah. obviously we know this with podcasts and having conversations with different people but one of the ways that I challenge myself is to count on 1,000 to 1,000 and really kind of go know what what you're going to say man if you question some people about what they act just said or want to say or the effect that it had they probably wouldn't have an idea because they haven't thought about it at all they ain't thought no way about it so I think that was a good story so it's so funny because they was putting that over the Kendrick Lamar. 
<laughs> I know y'all see They'll put him over to Kendrick what? Lamar uh, the, the the track where him and the chick is arguing the whole time mm-hmm. I Who, thought was that? Of, Who was that? They put that over what? Oh, like you know that that track where it's like F you F, you know they was yeah, going yeah. back and forth they put the Kanye and Sway argument over that track <laughs> yeah you ain't heard that y'all ain't heard this Man, oh you listen my. to more blended stuff than anyone I know bro I'm a creator <laughs> dog like I'm <laughs> a creator crazy. like I have the appreciation to say there was a whole concept established and you said hey mm-hmm. I think I can freak it this way I have a whole appreciation now it could be garbage that freaks my mind out my mind is different way. So that's what like I'm saying. You but, sent me that goody mob Tupac stuff. I was like, what? In the, but that's like, what I'm saying. But you're more logical. Overload. Like you're more of a logical thinker. You're more of a uh, intellectual, technical thinker. I'm more of a, a create a creative, adventurous thinker. Abstract with yeah. abstract with some uh, s- uh, sprinkling of logic. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I have appreciate. I'm not rolling with everything that come my way, but as a because cre- I look at, I'll go into a store and I'll look at the packaging i'd be like why they do it that way they should have did it this way you are you are you are a low budget brand trying to make it in the big leagues why would you design it that way that's me that's how i go into stores because that's how my mind works i was literally in high school and i would play music to every moment up into my first class i got music for the bus off the MP3, I got music when I'm in the <laughs> lobby, bro. That I, my, I was treating my life like a soundtrack. That's that's literally that how I am, bro. I'm just a creative dude like that. Like that's just that's how I've always been. So, but I mean, shout out to Kanye. My headphones to tune everyone out more so. Not playing a soundtrack to my life. I just didn't want to hear shit. Super introverted. God, <laughs> this guy. My whole. How, my how whole is he podcasting? <laughs> I can't wait to ask the questions because how did you end up here? How did you, <laughs> bro, get here for real? We ain't really got to talk much about the Brett Favre. I don't feel like because you don't even watch. Do you know who Brett Favre is, man? <sighs> <laughs> Hold on. Public service announcement. I told this guy, my co-host, my partner in crime on another week in the books. I was a avid fan of sports at one point. Nah, you didn't say avid. Bro, I told you. I said I used to come up with lists of old school Ah, versus. Like I was so into. I would get up in the morning, get dressed. Ain't no say by the bell. We turning on Sports Center. Like I was all the. This is back when Brett Favre was probably playing. Yeah. Like that's the last time. You worst watched. here's where it stops for me. Let me give you a timeline so you'll you'll be able to guess here. Okay. Let's say from 2000 to 2009. Nah, let's say 2011. There we go. So from 2000 to 2011, anything outside of that, you can say okay, you probably you may not know about this. So for now, what's this crazy? This, we're going to have to do a part two, obviously, because this guy. We're definitely going to have to do a part two. <laughs> me and AB would be at our workplaces, and we would be fascinated by people that didn't like the men that didn't watch sports. It would be like, man, we don't even know. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but, I, but, but I actually yeah. know. Like, I be knowing things. I just don't watch it like, like I'm going out my way to watch it because I don't gotcha. receive. Like I said on the other episode, I don't receive what I'm looking for from it. Like, I'd rather watch a television show because I could get certain messaging or certain things that could propel me forward as a person. So, what's is the best drama on TV, man? Cap. Best drama. Cap. There's no storyline. 
There's no storyline. Yeah. It's just competition. Win and lose is the oldest storyline. Okay, well then watch the American. Gla- <laughs> watch American Gladiator then. I'm not you just want competition. I'm not interested in those people though. Like I'm interested in these brands. The game is a lot that goes into it. And winning and lost. Nah. But <laughs> however, with that being said, we get a little preview on the homework, and we ain't even got to go that much into it once we get there because we got a lot of podcast questions. So this should be fun. But before we get there. Recently, if you listen to the Serial Podcast, if you listen to Another Week in the Books podcast, this was the homework that I gave Mo last week. Very convenient because Very the storyline dropped that Aegon Saeed, the focus of that podcast that I told you guys to listen to last week, he was released. After 23 years in prison, they said they do not feel confident that they have enough evidence to keep him there. What did you think, Mo, as a brand new listener? How far did you get into the podcast? And then AB and I will jump in because we was on that story. Well, we were back listening to it when it came out, I assume. But I want to know what you're thinking as a new listener, someone who's newly invested. So do you want me to go ahead and spoil the homework here? Or you want me to go ahead? Okay, well, so first off, it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. I knew I knew it would be our partnership, Mo. If you didn't like, no, no, no. I thought the greatest was a hell of a stretch, bro. Like you, you really. I I knew that genre for that genre. It might be the best in that genre. Nah, I don't think it's better. I I got a few that I can go through, but I don't think it's better than a few of them. Give me two off the top of your head. I feel like ain't better than uh, Fall of a Titan with uh, Steve McNair. That one was out of there. Like that was out of there. That one was good. It tailed off at the end, though. Okay, it kind of did. They were they were trying to definitely get the get the bag there, but yeah. uh, <laughs> and then I probably say it's hard between like Chase and Cosby. And Cosby was good. I really like that Aaron Hernandez before they start putting visuals. Yeah, I, th- I think that Aaron Hernandez one that was like a really yeah. I really think that, but but this was good nonetheless. Uh, it's hard because How did you get. How far did you get? Let me check my Spotify here. See, here's the challenge of it, bro. The challenge is it kind of spoils it. So I I can't really I mean all it cuz now it provides a narrative that I have to lean on. It's like, okay, he's innocent. So I have to listen through the lenses. He ain't innocent of, though. He's free. They ain't let him out. No, no, no. No. This is they they he still got to have a trial. They just don't feel confident of him being in jail based off the evidence. Okay, he so still got to report. He still got to have another trial. Yeah, they just let him out of home arrest. Okay, um, I got to five, and I think that's five out cooking? of twelve. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stepped on it a little bit, but I did really enjoy it. I do enjoy the passion of people going out their way to do stuff that they don't have to do. Like like we're doing now, like we're podcasts. We don't have to do this. Nobody has to listen. We don't have to go out our way to do this. We do it because we love it. So I I appreciated that. As far as the power of podcasting in in this regard, I listen to a um, <laughs> y'all don't clown me. I listen to like a Britney Spears, <laughs> like a super heavy fan base of Britney Spears, and they like played a heavy part into her basically getting her own rights back to her freedom it's a long story that i can't go into but basically she didn't have rights over her own freedom because her meant what they thought her mental state was so that that is the power of podcasting being uh 
consistent being at able to change being able to change things by being uh, a bullheaded about what you're passionate about. So, shouts out to Serial, man. That's what I got to say. Did you think? Do you think he did it based on what you've heard so far? Is it fair to figure that? Is it fair to make that assessment at episode five? Yeah. What do you think so far? Well, I, well, I will say I know it, I changed a couple of times while it's hard because he his demeanor, like episode five, his demeanor is so. There's some convenience. There's some convenient. I don't know. I don't remember. However, his demeanor is so chill. It's like either you're a, a crazy murderer, like. Like when you, it's like you a nigga that cheated and just act like nothing ever happened and just kept going about your day, <laughs> or like you know what I mean, like or you really like, bro. I, I'm telling you, I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like what you want me to say? Yeah, like that's and that's the demeanor that comes off. So for me, it feels like nah. That's how it feels to me because it's like his demeanor so chill. I don't know. Like he, he's an Indian dude, so I'm like, I don't know. He just feels too chill. To be like talking about in it, jail like, for murder. Yeah, yeah like he. Murder, like, I'm almost wondering, like, bro, what's his? I I really like. What's your lifestyle, bro? Like, cause it's you super. I've been to jail, and it ain't that sweet, bro. I wasn't there long, but it wasn't that sweet, dog. Like, I he sounded really chill about his his situation. You know what I mean? So, hey, but what, as a as a fan, what'd you think? Listening to uh, digesting the whole thing. When you yeah, I, like you said, we listened to it back when it dropped. And listening to it now, I haven't revisited it since it came out back several years ago. Mm-hmm. It may be a case of nostalgia or just being, it was early, one of the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. So it's been redone a lot of times. It's like looking back at a dunk contest from the 80s. A dunk contest in the 80s was the shit in the 80s. Right. But then when you see with Jason Richardson and all these niggas, these niggas jumping circles around them. So at the time, it was one thing. Uh, with that being said, I went back and forth too. He was mad chill, but we also got to remember that murder was in 99. He'd been locked up for several years. At this point, he'd been locked up for a long time. That podcast came out with 20. Yeah, he'd been. The podcast came out in 2015. So at that point, he can't. If he's still angry about that, then he probably would have slid his wrist by then, honestly. Um, But I did watch the HBO joint on it, which was four episodes, which was fire. I was going to tell Spike um, about that too, yeah. Yeah, that shit was fire. It was from the perspective of the girl who actually reached out to the serial host to cover the story. So it gave, it gave another perspective, and they are doing a follow-up on it coming next year uh, based on the current events. So that's pretty dope too. But uh, I don't know who did it, man, because my, my thing is if he didn't, then who? But I did go back and forth, but that's what makes for a compelling podcast is it had, it had us guessing. It was like an episode of Dateline or 2020. Mm-hmm. They got some new suspects uh, that they are the reason. One of the reasons why they're not confident anymore is the new suspects that popped up. I thought it was interesting on the HBO series when they were talking about that maintenance man guy who had the other charges about running around naked and shit. I feel like that was a very interesting aspect that they didn't really go into a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, Jay was too sketchy for me like that. Always. For me, I didn't think that he did it. I thought that he may have known what happened. And he was able to keep it closer to his best than the dude Jay was. I think that they really scared Jay and got him to talk because he thought he was going to go to jail for some other shit, like selling the weed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he flipped on Adnan and probably added some sauce to it to get yeah. out of jail. Yeah, I think I Jay know who really did it or had something to do with it. Yeah, and I Adnan see that. Adnan is just like being close to his whatever. And I think his day-to-day, 
not that any prison ain't easy. I'm know that for that. Yeah. But however, I think being a Muslim and being able to join into that community in jail, he was able to thrive a little bit better than he would just a 19 year old one prison too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that 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 speaks to the power of podcasting. Is um, we do these platforms to affect change, hopefully in a positive way. Some podcasts that's not their intention for whatever reason. Some people want to entertain, you know, and of course we want to do that too. But we want to also educate, and we also want to push our culture forward, and most importantly, push our people forward. So um, hopefully things work out. You know, I mean, he's done twenty three years and. If he's truly innocent, you know, hopefully he's free, you know. But like you said, I, I agree with Animal Brown. You actually brought me to a perspective I didn't think about. He's like, by the time the pod came out, he had already made peace with it. Exactly. And I imagine with his belief system, it's like you have to make peace for things. You have to. His belief system, I believe, is under the mindset of, okay, well, I'm here for a reason. I feel like that would be. He kind of alluded to that here. Yeah, I feel like that would be the thinking. So it's like, okay, I'm here for a reason. I didn't do this, if that is true, but I'm here for a reason. So this is my next journey. This is my destination. This is my mission right now. This is my calling. Look at Mac from No Limit. Mac from Mm. No Limit did 20 years, and he didn't. The gun they found on him had never been fired. So I don't know how he shot someone with a gun that had never been fired. Um, And somebody admitted to it, too. And someone yeah, also admitted to it. Admitted to the murder. But those interviews when he was locked up, bro, he was. I didn't do it. That's what it is. Yeah. He was calm, chill. He wasn't angry. Because at that point, man, you're angry by yourself in the set. How like how long does it take for that to go away? I'm sure eventually it's like the energy you're using to be angry is pointless at a yeah. certain at a certain moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be conducive for your, you know, your sentence. You know, to to stay negative when you like, yo, I'm here. Nobody believes me. I got to start looking at the optimistic view of where I'm at right now. Yep. Um, well, I am invested in the outcome. Like I do look forward to seeing what happens. The weirdest part of this to me, like people outside cheering and shit, like yay, Adnan, like with signs and shit, like bro, fucking. That's people that roll for him, bro. Somebody sent me a DM. Somebody posted it in their story, and I wrote like, oh shit, I didn't know you was on this. And she was like, yeah, like I almost cried watching him walk out the courtroom. I was like, damn. I mean, but it was a major event. Let's be clear. People were invested in it heavy as if they knew him. But I didn't know it was that deep. I didn't know people believed he was that innocent because listening to it, I jumped back and forth 15 times. It wasn't that clear to me. Y'all are selling me. I got to finish it. I guess I got to go ahead and. I got to go. Best episode it, in my opinion, the best episode in my opinion is the episode about Jay. Like you ought to be coming up on that one pretty soon. That was probably the most revealing episode. I think the title was Jay felt shaky. He been feeling shaky for a minute too. Jay a dusty ass nigga, bro. Like that dusty ass niggas always like that going to have you ended up in jail. Stay away from dusty ass niggas like Jay. Oh, I grew up with dusty niggas. And I definitely oh, <laughs> I grew up with you, bro. Like niggas. dusty niggas like that end up sitting in jail. 100%. Man, I had a question about. Well, let me ask this. AB, have you ever been to jail at all? Nah, hell no. Man, I, I can't do jail. You. Hey, shouts out to you, bro. I can't do jail. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I know Spike, we've been allude to it. We'll have an episode about, like, just dumb shit going to jail. But, Crazy story, yeah. But, but man, um, right oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, man. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, justice is served, and you know, we'll see what happens. But that—that's the power of podcasting. 
And I want to say as we move forward to our, our main theme, the, the Power Podcast, I want to say that again, there is a impact and influence when you are behind the mic. You have that's why I understand now fully where you're coming from, Spike. When you be like, "Don't send me just anything." When we talked about it last week, because the the impact of it, the importance of it. It's like if this ain't important in some kind of facet, don't send it to me, bro. I'm not. I don't. I don't care for the whatever and i yep. and not even just overall importance even if it's important to you tell me like what's going on okay don't just expect me to know the level of importance of it okay. so well, i mean all right man we on our main theme of the week for another week in the books if you want to reach out to us awitb is the email awitb2022 at gmail.com drop your comments questions go to the podcast feed rate like review all of that good stuff to keep this podcast coming to you mo you running point guard this section man me and ab running the wing it's a three-man drill you just throwing it up and letting us dunk it man since this yeah. your thing and you know we get to this is your thing as far as wanting to know about the on deck tv show and how we got started and we putting this into podcasting in general since this is our field so run the point guard boy go to ball yeah i'm trying to figure out if i'm jason kidd or steve nash right now like I'm trying to figure out where Definitely I'm Definitely Deion Waiters. You shooting like from yeah, who? 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 <laughs> Deion Waiters. <laughs> I, I, I go J Kid. I'm gonna go J Kid on the Jersey on the on New Jersey Nets, man. When they when they had okay. that that close, you know what I mean? Uh yeah. but nah, um so starting off, and this this is for both y'all because Animal Brown, he is our, our, our special guest this week, but you guys are a tandem and you guys have a joint venture with On Deck. So feel free, Spike as well, to join in, even though we have a joint venture in this podcast. Feel free because I, I would love to get the full perspective and I want to do the fans justice that will come over from On Deck to hear this. Like, yo, I've been wanting to hear this for so long. I'm a new fan. So feel free. So starting off, I want to know, and I kind of already know a little bit, but, you know, if you feel free that you might have not elaborated enough, Spike, by any means, jump in. But Animal Brown, what was the type of environment, like the home life like for you, like coming up? What was that like? Um, Single parent household, just like every friend that I had growing up. Uh, my folks divorced when I was seven. And so... uh. After that, it was a wrap. Pops dipped out, didn't come back. And it was just me and my brother, my older brother. He's 16 years, my senior. So clearly was an accident. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I'm cool with that. So it was just us two in the crib, uh, pretty much doing what I wanted. My mom was really hands off. She didn't really have much of a choice because she had to work multiple jobs. Mm. So uh, she just kind of trusted me to not be too stupid crazy or too wild um as it, we can do as young boys but um she let me live so that was pretty much just me growing up man she gave me the same advice every every time it got on my nerves she beat it in my head i, I could go anywhere or do anything she just told me to watch who i hang around that's all she would say um so that always stuck with me and it worked because there was situations where i'd be out and i would think about that when i'm looking at which am i gonna get in this car or that car and it would be like i, I, I know exactly what you're talking it would be like yeah i think i'm gonna get in this one and that's because Amen. she Literally, literally, I mean, this literally every time I walk out the door, she said, it may, I got so tired of hearing it, but uh, it's stuck. So 
That was that was me growing up, North Nashville. Shout out to Bordeaux. South Nashville. However, <laughs> um, that's some of the most important advice you can get as I look back over my life, man. And like your your parents, people that care about you, being interested in who your friend group is and who you hang with. But your friends can determine a lot in your life. Who you hang with determines a lot of where you go. And you don't really realize that shit at 15, 16 years old. You're like, man, these just these just my homeboys. But nah, yeah. bro. That shit goes a long way to 40, 35 as far as what I was doing then, what I'm accustomed to, how I act, the things I'm used to. That shit go a long way. And I really didn't understand that uh when I was being told that as a young said, Oh. Do you have any relationship with your father, AB? Nah, nah. He left. Uh, I was seven. The last time I talked to him, he called me when he left, uh, and he said, uh, "I forget. I never forget it." He said, uh, "Because it was my birthday had just passed," and he said, "Happy belated birthday. Your gift is in the mail." And I remember that because I had to ask my mom what belated meant, mm. and of course, like every other mother probably that we all know she told me to go look it up and so i had to go look up what the fuck it meant and so that that was the last time i heard i ain't heard from him since that was at seven yeah wow um do you see the effects of not having a father there have you seen that over your years of being your 20s your 30s going into 40 what what do you see what do you see the effects of like damn this would have been different if I would have had fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, as you get older, like um, like Lou alluded to earlier, the, the guy that owns the studio that I that I do a lot of work out of, I look at him as a father figure, and I see him with his kids, and I'm like, and he's got two sons, and I see the game that he gives them, and maybe they listen, maybe they don't, but at least they're armed with the knowledge. I see the security blanket that he's able to provide in case they slip. You know what I mean? And that, those are things I just didn't have. Um, so, you know, I, I had a small interest in looking for my dad when my brother passed away. But once I found what I found, I, I, I lost interest. I was like, eh, never mind, because it wasn't what I necessarily expected. And so I was like, you know what? I'm straight. My mom never really talked down on them. And so I never really missed them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of thought that just. And then all my friends were had single parent. They always raised by their mom. That's so cool. it felt hella normal. Okay. <laughs> so you don't really know what you're missing until you get older. And you don't really, uh, you, you don't really, uh, especially when it comes to like a father figure. Again, you don't know what you don't know and you don't miss what you never had. So. Um, it kind of falls in line with that But that life would definitely be different though Like I see the importance now Just me and my wife We are two income household And what we're able to do And the moves we're able to make Versus when it was just me when I was single Like that that To keep it simple That just by itself Is like damn Like I'm I'm 40 And I'm light years ahead Of where my mom was When she was 40 Raising me and my brother Light years You know what I mean Respectfully Like I was able to go to school Get some college I was able to move. I was able to kind of, you know what I'm saying, jump here, jump there, talk to this person. My wife is light years ahead of me. You know what I mean? So, like, I was able to get with somebody that could level me up. So, like, it's it's all I see now. Like, if I would have had my mom and my dad, I probably would have got things a lot quicker. Mm. Um, assuming that the nigga wasn't holding us back. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah, assume yeah. he's not a bum. Let's assume he's just a regular dad, just on the same level, at least, as my mom. Yeah, I would have been. I would have got shit a whole lot quicker. But what, 
what do you life. see that turns you off of wanting to have a relationship if you don't mind sharing yeah 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 now i found him on linkedin actually my mom and i found him on linkedin and uh i saw his job history and so my whole thing was you know i, I was gonna give i was gonna shoot him some bail maybe he left because he felt he would hold us back or be some type of detriment I was going to shoot him some bail. But then when I saw his job history, I seen he's been a VP since the mid 90s mm. at, at work. And so, like, I, I remember me and my mom, like, like my mom had to f- chase him down for child support. You know what I mean? So, like, when he left, he left the crib in her name. She had to file for bankruptcy and mm. that set her back seven years. And so there was a lot of, yeah. you know what I'm saying? A lot of hamburger helper every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me and my yeah. brother ate it all. My mom didn't eat. So when you see the nigga was a VP and he didn't send no child support, he was ducking it. And you kind of be like, oh, so like I was shooting you bailed, but really like you might be a piece of shit. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that, that I was like, you know what? That kind of, that was all I really needed to know at that point. You know what I mean? And then plus I I talked to my mom about it and I reached out to him. I kind of had some contact information. I went on here and shot a bird out there, but sent a flyer out there but i never heard nothing back and she summed it up like man some people just don't want to be found and i was like yeah that's fair so i'm, I'm at peace with that i know for me mom. absolutely i don't want to step on that go ahead no no i was just saying shouts out to moms for sure absolutely shout out to the moms for me to answer your question what i've i told you the story about my dad and how i came across and meet him it wasn't like a b mine wasn't no vp this nigga was in and out of jail on drugs selling drugs it was like pretty much better off that you weren't around like abc bringing us down however what i found that i've missed the most because I, I i never really missed my dad like i ain't give two fucks i don't think i wanted somebody to come to football games and things of that nature now though if at going into 40 is uh having someone that's been around you your whole life that's familiar with you that's what i see that i miss it's the biggest hole for me like you said, Chris, with David, you would see older guys interacting with their sons that are about our age. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you don't have someone that you can call on that, that knows you that well, that saw you grow up from diapers, that can tell you when you're bullshitting and genuinely know you as a person. At my age, I feel like that's the biggest thing that I missed or the hole that I missed. Because I can call my dad, but it still would be like having a conversation with not some like just one of my friends like somebody that i know not someone like you saying chris that could give you some game even though my dad could give me some game but it's not from a place of knowing me it's right. a place from knowing the world yep right. i think the biggest hole that you have when you're coming up as a single in a single parent household is that other parent like you you don't have that person that you could go to later on in life that knows you and that can give you some sound advice based on your personality mm-hmm. not based on no generic bullshit based yeah. off seeing you grow yeah. over the years and become that person and be like look son this is where you're going wrong you've done this before however it may be that's the biggest void for me because i know sometimes i feel like shit i can't call nobody about that who the fuck would i talk to about that where most people oh. would talk to their dads about it. so right yeah, some no, stuff I, your mom can't answer your mom could be yeah, a super some things your mama don't know yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, shout out to my mom i think one of the biggest things for my generation me and, and sierra talk my, my girl talk about this a lot is just like our parents did the best they could with the knowledge that they had yep 
Like they motherfuckers stay out of trouble, go to school, <laughs> all this extra shit that we learning now about emotional well-being and financial literacy and all of those things. Like they didn't even have time to get in that bag with us, bro. Mm-hmm. Like my mama, I know she worked 80 hours a week. So when is she gonna sit me down and be like, hey, make sure you got a checking account, a savings account, make sure you credit like nigga, did you eat today? You okay, alive? cool. Go to bed. Yeah, right? exactly. you, alive? you ain't in jail, are you? Okay, cool. It's clothes in the closet, the bathroom right there, nigga. Go take a bath, be ready for school tomorrow. That's yeah, like as much as I can offer you. However, like I don't blame her for not being one, man, because nigga, they had to come, they had to show up, nigga. It is a lot. You know, I I I think I hearken to a lot of things. Like and I, I get my imagine mom, raising a cow child of myself I, I couldn't either i couldn't either Those like ra- raising my child like raising our child me and my wife i have moments where she's she's challenged educationally and i call my mom and i realize i said dang as a single mom i was like man it must be hard with three kids and we were stair steps we was one year apart each of us oh yeah and so fighting and caring on yeah it's the two boys and a girl you know what i'm saying so i'd be like wow i understand why my mom was impatient at moments i understand why she was frustrated at moments because i get frustrated with my hour one child doing homework <laughs> one child doing homework she had three of us and i know i was a rough rough because i didn't know nothing dog That's like funny. And so, but my dad, my dad was in the picture, but I realized like he didn't give me all my dad had to offer is really women advice, just how to be a player. <laughs> That's it. To this day, we still talk. His birthday was yesterday. We still talk. Like ironically, his birthday is three days from my mom, so he's on the twenty first of September. Hers on twenty fourth. Uh, he gave me advice about like playerism but he didn't give me advice about being a man so when people that didn't grow with a father i understand like well you had your dad but it's like yeah but he didn't teach me how to be tough that's why i don't handle certain situations in a quote unquote super tough masculine gangster whatever way testosterone way because he didn't give me that and i've seen him operate he didn't operate in a tough way I had to get that as I got older from my wife's dad, mm. which brought that. You know what I'm saying? So, well, that makes a difference. Uh, X, X. So you said your brother was 16 years older than you. So what's the what's the age difference, uh, AB, between you and your mom? Man, my mom was 36 when she had me. 36, 36 37. Okay, okay. So you were, our, yeah. our birthdays are a day apart. I think she was turning 37. Okay, okay, all right. What about you, uh, Spike? My mom had me, she was 20 years old. Okay, so y'all pretty close. Yeah, yeah we're 20 years. I used, I felt the longest to piggyback off that point that you said. <laughs> I used to think my mom was so mean, but now being old, nigga, I just, she was tired, nigga, like working Whoa. 80 fucking hours a week. You come and asking about bullshit games, Jordan, no games, shit. And- for real, yeah, nigga, get the For fuck real. out of my face! Like, what are you talking about? Leave bro? me alone. So, I used to think that I used to really think that my mom was a mean lady, and as I've gotten old, I, that's definitely not the case. And my mom probably one of the sweetest ladies that you can meet. But I used to think that she was mean, but it was just being overworked, bro. Yeah, yep. too much we, responsibility. We never look at the human aspect with our parents until mm-hmm. we get older. You don't start seeing your parent as an a, like a real yeah, as person, as a person, yeah. You, 
grown, grown, right? You're like, damn, man. Facts. Tell them what they was going through. Like, just even one of the benefits, though, of having my dad in the relationship that we have, he can talk a lot more freer about the person he was more free, me, free but he can talk that way about the person he was and i can get a lot of knowledge from that because it ain't uh, oh i'm trying to have this image because i'm your dad it's just like i'm giving you i'm telling you that i fucked up bro mm-hmm. like please don't do none of this shit so, i can't tell you what what to do right but i can tell you right what i tell not you what, to do. what don't do this nigga no, do not do this it's exactly. gonna end up one or two ways i promise exactly. you that. Exactly. I, I feel like I feel like that that the family stuff hit on a whole nother level as you get older, which yeah. is like I, I I did something with my mom. My mom's very reserved and she's very don't ask, don't tell kind of type. She don't volunteer a lot of information, and that's hey, probably where I get that shit from. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm the same. I'm the exact same way. So as I got older and I, and I lost my brother, and I was like, okay, I'm looking around like it ain't many of us left in our family my family's not big at all especially when i don't know one half of it and so like i made it a point to interview my mom uh for my for mother's day um i had never talked to her like that you know what i'm saying just on some just getting her side of the story so to speak that should be and it'd be fascinating right like my dad oh, was telling me about the night he met my mom and they knew what See? she had on like all oh, where they met at what she said like that shit just dope to hear like it should just fine so that's so picture because because i mean you know what's funny well not funny but what was interesting my my aunt on my dad's side we we all kept in contact this whole time she passed away not too long after my brother and when i was looking for her memorial service information i came across an article on her and i'm reading the article and i'm learning shit i had never known i'm like yo why didn't i know this before and so that's when i was like man let me go ahead because i haven't meaning to talk to my mom like man let me go ahead we set the cameras up in front of my brother's crib in which we were re- remodeling after he passed. He was going to sell it. I kind of talked her out of not out of selling. I was like, nah, like, like, keep it. Let's keep it in the family if we can. Yeah. And we set up the cameras and did an interview. And I and shit, I took it from A to Z with her. You know what I mean? And and now that's something that I have that I that can live on. Mm-hmm. And my kids and my, uh, or Lord willing, I have kids and my yeah. kids, kids or whatever the case may be, can see it. And I'm thinking to myself, how dope would that be right now? If you could pull up some shit on your great grandma on video and watch her tell her life story like how would that hit right now like that would hit on a completely different level totally. like probably every 10 years you could watch it it'll hit in a different level each time honestly so that's what i wanted to do man so it, it, i wanted to do that with my dad but again i couldn't get in contact with him so yeah. it's like all right <laughs> i'll the, take one is the house is the house still in the family yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He he passed away in 2019, so this was all relatively fresh. Yeah, um, I remember so, you yeah. talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my so my mom became a business owner at 75 for the first time. Nice. <laughs> so 70. I was I was Black able to man. talk. Come on, man. Yeah, talk into that. So that was cool, man. Wow. Uh, I wanted to ask when you was when y'all was coming up, like. Did y'all grow up around anybody? I mean, it could be a friend, neighbor, family, somebody at school. Did y'all grow up with anybody that was doing something outside of the box, like that you never seen in your community? Like you was like, yo, they don't just work a nine to five, or they don't just, you know, play the sports. They're doing something totally different. This person. It, I, this is gonna be really low hanging fruit, but they're in the color guard, or they're like show choir they're doing something totally different they're passionate about it. like is there anybody when you grew up you was like man 
they're doing something totally different. I never thought we could do these things because I know I've spoke about like I'd be watching like we'd be eating somewhere and it'd be baseball highlights. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have went out for baseball because we used to do that like street baseball and I was good at it. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have went out for baseball. But that wasn't a thing. Nobody was doing it. Nobody was doing it. So that wasn't a thing in our household. So did y'all grow up with anybody where it's like, man, they doing something totally different that inspired you in a way? Not, not for me, no. Bro, we from Nashville, Tennessee. Exactly. Like Nashville is great now, but when we were coming up, it was like the epitome of a big town. Like it's, it's, we know it's it's a small city, a big town is what we slick call it. And I say that to say, man, like all people did that I can remember coming up was work, bro. That was part of the reason how we ended up Animal Brown and myself in Atlanta. Like, it was looking at it, coming to a path in my life and like, bro, you can stay here around the same people, do the same shit your whole life. Or you can go take a chance and hopefully something different comes up. Because, and I know we'll get to this later, what got us here in Atlanta, like, we started to see traction on what we were doing. Like we picked up a handy cam and was just filming niggas in our city that led to interviews with Young Dro or Young LA or people that would come through the city. We now have Boosie. a network, Bootsy. We now have a network of getting in touch with people when they come through the city. So you can do this in Nashville. Why can't you do it in Atlanta? But to answer to your question, no. Nigga, I remember when they would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? My answer used to be successful. Cause I didn't have a context of what that was. Like I didn't know other I, like the niggas that I seen that had money, they so dope. Like flat out. Like that's what they was doing. Like from what I seen and the people that had money. Or like if it was women, they were nurses or things like it wasn't anything like you specifically as out of the box. Like people had jobs. That was it. Like niggas had jobs. So yeah, that was successful at the time. A job, yeah. Have a job. Go to school and get a job. Like our, our parents thought that if you guys go to college, then you'll be better than we were at just working. Yeah. We got a job. We went to high school. We finished that. I was able to get a job enough to make sure that you were good. Okay. I've gotten you to the point where you're good now. You go to college and you should be able to take the next step. But nigga, it wasn't no music executives. It mm -hmm. wasn't like you see so many cool careers down here in Atlanta or even part of the reason, like I said, we moved when we would come here just to visit for the weekend. Like I didn't see black people like that in Nashville, bro. Like black people had expensive cars. They was doing all type of shit and it didn't look like drug money. It looked like oh, these niggas is legit. They, they for real deal Like it's something in the air down here That I need to be a part of and get to So to answer your question Like everybody that I seen growing up Was doing basic normal shit Working a 9 to 5 Hoping they could make Probably $35,000, $40,000 a year bro Yeah that's, that's the exact same and, and it ain't part of the reason why a nigga moved It's the entire reason why I moved <laughs> um, Like straight still up Still doing that when you go back Yeah exactly Like like there was nobody outside of the box It was It was the same Go to school and get a job. If you get another job, make it better than the last one and do that until you retire. That was it. But the thing that kind of like you said, we Nashville is, quote unquote, down the street from Atlanta. We're about three and a half hours away. That's light work. So when TSU used to come down here for homecoming, nigga, we all hopped in the whip. We hopped in the rental and we rolled down to TSU homecoming and it was lit. And we saw 
people that look like me and Lou hopping out of Benz's Rari's we hadn't seen before. How, how would y'all find call. out about the how would y'all find out about the TSU uh you know, we went to school. We was oh, active oh, in the oh. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. the first time that we went to T I was sixteen, we were in high school. So oh, okay. boy Scoops, who I always talk about right here, his mom had a travel agency. So she would take a bus and they would go to all the TSU games. And when we turned 15 was the first time that we came to Atlanta to a TSU game with the bus. And that was the first time I had been here. And she let us, I mean, it was like 30 people on the bus. It was me, Scoops, and one of my other friends, Bear. We were kind of off on doing out with 15 years old nigga, in Atlanta. That was the first time I was like, oh, I'm living here one day. Cause like you said, how do you know about the stuff? We was there, all the festivities was going around. So all we had to do was walk out of a hotel room. And you just downtown already, it's all black people in town for the events anyway. You just looking around, you like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was different. See in Nashville, the only the only black people that really had money like that, like legal money, they you would you may see somebody hop out of range and they six five three twenty and they play on D line for the Titans like that was it. Other than that, it was old white people that lived in Green Hills and Bellevue. That was the only people you saw with just real legal paper. So, but when you came to Atlanta, you saw people that looked like they look normal. Like this nigga not athletic and he hopping out of some shit. <laughs> you go to Lennox Mall, he valet parking that shit. You're like, damn. And you see it over and over and over and over again every time you visit. And what did it, the straw that broke the camel's back for me when I was like, I got to get out of Nashville. My last three jobs went just like this. Mm. I got laid off. I got fired for some bullshit and then I got laid off. And when that last layoff happened and the, and the rumblings were like, yo, I think we're going to get laid off. And I'm thinking because it was when the recession happened and it was like some rumors going around. And I What's said, the man, three I, jobs, if you don't mind sharing, what are the three jobs like? Uh, the last one was a well, just was the a, industry. Yeah, it was yeah, oh, like healthcare. The last one was like a healthcare data entry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the those are the last two. And then the first one that I got laid off was me and Lou. We worked at the, the cell phone shit. It was like a um, 411 um, Metro. People would call. This is way before, like, obviously. Smartphones. Cell phones. So people would call in and they would ask us, hey, I'm looking for the Walmart over here off of 14th Street. And, and what's the number? Yeah. Yeah, that's just the phone. Uh, or they would, or they would, they would ask to make reservations. Uh, can you make yeah, reservations make for this restaurant? That shit that was a cup. Oh, that's why. That's yeah, shit was we shaking. Oh man, it was a layup though. This, I mean, yeah, but it's before maps, clearly, because yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And niggas, and niggas, this was maps like literally people would call it, like use their phone and be like, "Bro, I don't know this number. Can y'all give me this number? I don't even yeah. know where it's at." So we would search keywords and be like, "Well, what is it located? What's across the street?" Yep. Like, if you were good at that shit, you could beat that shit out. 20 seconds like damn right I used to buy you that shit for sure they like yeah so so that was it but as you can tell that that technology got dated very quickly so they went out of business so laid off fired laid off and when they, when those rumors were happening that we were gonna get laid off I was like yo if we get laid off I'm moving to Atlanta dude and so that that that's the thing I had a studio you know what I'm saying but I lost the studio and got laid off in the same week and so that really is what kick me out of the I was like I'm out I'm gone that happened in September first week of September of 2009 I moved May of 2010 on the first thing smoking man shout out Broadway shout out to Tracy 
they my two homies man they said yo we got a spot in alpharetta bro you can come and stay with us and and i was like nigga i, I rented the u-haul and i left the weekend of the big flood in nashville everybody in nashville that's listening they know about the flood i moved that exact same weekend i remember it like it was yesterday driving on the interstate in the middle of the night and looking over the bridge and seeing all the cars and stuff underwater and that, that was the day i left the city and i man, i ain't looked back since the, the studio what do you mean when you say you had a studio what does that what does that exactly mean yeah, so like me, me and my homeboy, shout out my guy Twan, we were big and we were just big hip hop fans and I wanted to be an engineer. And so we had a, um, at first we had a, in, in Nashville, two things. Hey, Nashville, they do this here with, they do this here Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying, it, yeah, it, specifically just in Nashville, that was, all, that was all I knew. My guy Fade Eastwood was a producer in the city. He had a studio inside of a storage facility. So, you know, when you go to a storage facility, you roll the door up and there was a studio right there instead of boxes and shit. So I was like, yo, that looked dope. So I went and did the same thing. And like, shout out to my guy, Fate. I love him to death, but he was late to a lot of his sessions. So the people would come into his sessions and they would hear us down the hallway and they would come and holler at us. And we that's how I met a lot of people. <laughs> shout out to Lido. Shout out to Star. You know what I mean, that's how I met a lot of people. And so my homeboy that was my supervisor at Walgreens that Lewis said spoke about earlier, he was like, yo, I found this house on the east side. There's the studio on the bottom and there's a regular living section on the top. Bro, you and your man can get the bottom whenever y'all want to. Just pay me what y'all paying for the, the space. And I was like, okay, cool, bet. And it was like a million dollar studio, man. The dude who, the white dude who owned it, man, got strung out on drugs, whole bunch of other shit, and he, he had to sell it. So that's how I got the studio, and that's how On Deck was born. It's a whole bunch of other shit after that, but that's how I, that's what I meant by studio space. So who stayed upstairs? That was my man's. He, my man's. That was my. He was my supervisor at Walgreens. Oh, so he had the upstairs on lock. He said, "Yo, you can take over the the basement." Yeah. And ring it. Okay. Do whatever you want. We had keys. I came in at all. The, right. the bottom was all studio. The all, there was a booth, a big ass booth, wood floors, another booth. But it was all nice studio. Stuff. And then there were steps that led up to all living space. And that's where he you just stayed up. It's online. There's some old videos of us in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, the original on deck videos are still on YouTube. Hey, well, Spike, throw, 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 throw something significant in, in, in the description just so they can see the come up. I do want to ask, um, with that all being said, and you say, you know what, you know, man, bump this job. I got laid off again. The inspiration came from obviously what you're saying is like some trips that you have made over the years to Atlanta. You say, you know what, because you so you must have always had it in the back of your mind at some point, like if I can move anywhere. This is where I move. Is that? Oh, was yeah. that your, okay. So we did, I didn't travel much. That was the extent of the traveling. Yeah, most, <laughs> you know black is, most black people. Most black people. place. Yeah, sure. We're going anywhere. We're going to Atlanta. Exactly. exactly. We yeah. hit the road. I didn't. I didn't do much flying back then. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. So my I question: moved Two is, weeks after him. Mm-hmm. What was it? Two. About two weeks later. All right. What yeah, was? What was how old was y'all at this point? That was 2013. Yeah, that was about 12 years ago. Yeah. So I was 28, 27, 28. That's a big move at that age. That's a man. I was going nowhere fast, bro. I had to. That's a big move at that age. But at that point, you still you have more of a grasp for the risk of everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. At 28, like I know me at 28. I mean, at 27, I made some really bad moves. 
So, but I knew the risk. So yep. that's huge. Um, so what led to y'all getting on the microphone amongst other options of creating? I know y'all, you know, has spoke about videography and in some form of, uh, you know, uh, documentary and interviewing style of content. And I know that y'all have spoke about as well, like Rap City, trying to kind of fill the void of that. But how did y'all end up on the microphone saying, yo, forget all that. We gonna use our voices, and this is the this is the the media format that we're gonna go to. How did y'all get to I'll, that that understanding? I'll tell you what I remember. Av, you tell me if you remember it similarly. We were coming up with this concept because, like you said, we're doing video So we were trying to do this concept of to get people to notice us in the industry. We we're gonna remake their videos. So we was listening to this A-Ball and MJG Space Age pimping and we're going to write a whole treatment for it, hire people to, to do the whatever we wrote out to it and just remake classic videos, put them on YouTube or whatever. Maybe this is for the licensing shit. Kind like of Tales? Strict as it was. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Like Tales. Exactly. So we were thinking of doing that. That's one before the before the, the masses caught on. But secondly, as we were doing this, of course, that was a lot of work. Yeah. I was like, bro, what I think we should do is get people to buy into our personalities more. And I forget, I used, I, I listened to, I've been listening to talk radio for a long time, way since Howard Stern. And I was like, bro, we need to sit here and talk about some, because people would always tell us, like I told you, when we would talk hip, because we worked together in break rooms and things of that nature, we would be talking hip hop or sports, and people would gravitate towards our conversation. And once a lady, she passed now. Damn, bro, Lauren said that. Rest in peace, Lauren. Yeah, that's crazy. He was like, y'all should do a show, a TV show together. And that was in one of our jobs, like down here. And we thought about it. And it was like, bro, one of the best ways to get our personalities out there, like we're trying to do for these videos, is if we just set up a mic and we talk about the stuff that we talk about in hip hop like we used to do in Nashville people would come over to my crib my crib was the hangout spot we'd hang out over there all night we'd just be talking sports talking hip hop and Animal Brown and I are comfortable enough with each other where we can disagree and it not be a big deal like it can sound like we mad at each other however it may be but it's not like he and I are more connected on a personal level like it's not we're not gonna get mad over some shit that we doing right here with that being said, I was like, so let's try to to expand our profiles by doing some podcast. Well, like, it wasn't podcast, radio shit. Let's let our personality yeah, go. Right. Let's give comments on some of the shit that we see on TV, similar to what you see on ESPN, first take or something like that nature. And we started doing it from that, from thinking if we are able to have interesting conversations about the culture, people will start to relate us to the culture. And if we want to do videos, remake videos, need special appearances, they'll be familiar with the show they listen to. And oh, those guys, that was a thought process. How I remember. Was that unfamiliar territory for both of you to be able to disagree and still be on the ups? Cause that's not a that's not a popular thing. I mean, we're I feel like we're getting back getting more into that in our culture. It's like, yo, don't take it so personally. Like, I don't feel the same. But like back in that time, it's like, oh, for real. All right, it's, it's a wrap. Like, I'm I don't mess with this person. Like, we was been, that? we have been doing it. Yeah, we have been doing it. Yeah, and Chris is I, I know each other since the boys and girls club. Yeah, we've so. been doing each other for a long time, bro. Like, <laughs> like what age we talking? 
Man, how old was we then? Yeah, oh, I didn't we know. Both went I didn't to the know that far. Yeah, I like, so we didn't famous. hang out. No, we didn't hang out together at that age. Like yeah. he was older than me, so Nashville wasn't much to do. We both went to the same summer camp. It was a yeah. boys and girls club summer camp. Shout out to the Lair. <laughs> However, we used to go. I remember we paid my mom to write a check. It was twenty five dollars a week when it started, and I stopped going when it went up to thirty, and started going to the center and start <laughs> hanging in the hood. However. He and I would knew of each other because Larry was like the most popular badass kid in the fucking Boys and Girls Club and Chris was his right hand man. So I always knew Chris from Lil Larry just being such a fucking demon child around there and Chris quiet, Bray laid back was always with him. So I knew him from there and then we got cool through our homeboy J-Hope. Like we knew each other, we were working with each other, and then we realized that we knew the same people, yep. some of the boys and girls club, and we were familiar with our faces because he had seen me, I seen him at the boys and girls club, but we started working the same job at Kroger together in 15. like fifteen. Yeah, and that was my, that was my first job. Well, that was my second job. Yep. Yeah. We, so just, just I'm, I'll fill in a little bit to because, but it, you can't really say the podcast story without the original YouTube. TV oh, yeah, show. Yeah. That's why it's called On Deck TV. It was originally a replacement for Rap City because Rap City got canceled in 2000. They announced it in 2007. It, it stopped airing in 08. And I never forget. I remember I was in class for the audio engineering, burning money. I could, money was burning in my head because I wasn't really learning a goddamn thing. And this dude, <laughs> no lie, they, the, the instructor, he was mad cool. He gave us an assignment. And he was like, yo, y'all need to make sure whatever your favorite genre of music is, play a song where the lyrics come in first before the music. And everybody had their example. And this white kid was so upset because the whatever genre he loved didn't have any. He couldn't find an example. And the teacher said, well, instead of getting mad about it, why don't you create your own? Don't you make music? Then make your own version of it. That was the only thing I took from the twenty five thousand I spent at that school. So when uh, when when Rap City was when it, when they announced it was getting canceled, instead of getting mad, I was like, "Yo, it'll be dope if we just did that here." So I had the studio, and the little child, to Larry, I asked him to be the host first because he was wild and he knew his shit. That lasted a couple of episodes, and then that fell out. And then I asked Lou, like, yo, ho, like, you want to be the host? Because I didn't want to be the host. You asked about them being in front of the mics. I didn't want no parts of that shit yeah. at all. I was, I, I wanted to be behind the scenes. Like, I looked up to, like, Russell Simmons. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to be like Russell Simmons. Somehow in music, but behind the scenes. And so that's how the show originally started. Because I thought YouTube would be like TV. And so I was like, bro, let's do it. Let's do our own TV show. It'll come out every Friday at noon. And it'll kind of be like Rap City. And so that's how we got cool with people that we linked up with in the industry. Grand Hustle, there's a whole Grand Hustle story we got that we probably won't have time to get to. But then fast forward, when we moved to Atlanta, we didn't have the studio no more. So we're like, damn, how are we going to revive the show? We ain't got no studio. And I never forget, Jay Hove sent me a link to Combat Jack, who was interviewing Guru who is Jay-Z's engineer. Mm-hmm. This was 2013, and it was two hours of Guru telling stories about Jay in the studio. It was the hardest shit I had ever heard in my life. It was the dopest shit ever. And I was like, nigga, what is this? Yeah. And it was a podcast, or what we thought was a radio show. It was actually a podcast. And so me and Lou was like, shit, let's do one of these. 
and then we like okay how are we gonna format it or we, how are we gonna do it and we we both were fans of pardon interruption on espn okay. and so we were like shit let's let's model it after that like let's just have our two perspectives and if you listen to our show you'll see there's a it's, it's set up with topics and then there's a middle and then there's an ending it's exactly like pardon interruption yeah. we literally bit that so that that's kind of that was the emphasis and then this is the blog era so like yeah. this is when blog sites were popular but the most entertaining part of a blog was the comments people would give mm-hmm. commentary and that they would argue in the comments they would have jokes in the comments they would give really good commentary and think pieces all in the kind of was like yo like we can bring that to life like people love our conversation like let's bring that to life and so that that was kind of all the culmination of people saying y'all need to do this and y'all should y'all should record y'all stuff and so that's how it happened but i didn't want to be on camera or mic to be honest like it was out of force not necessarily choice where did where did where did you because i know spike i imagine that we we talk about introvertedness of i guess all three of us but but spike you're not as introverted when it comes to getting the job done uh but you animal brown being more how did you get yourself to a comfort zone to say hey you know what there's no camera i don't really want to speak on the mic but if this is the way we got to do it i'm gonna go ahead and do this how did you get yourself to a comfort level Man, because you know what, though, because I had done things, I had started things that I had no experience with before and was able to succeed. When we first started the YouTube joint, bro, I didn't, we had somebody that filmed and edited it. Then they fell off. So I had to learn how to film and edit. And I was able to pull that off. I, I didn't have no experience with the engineering and the music and stuff. I just looked over my homeboy's shoulder in the damn storage facility and I learned how to engineer looking over his shoulder. So there had been. There was a, a track record of not knowing something, going into it, you know what I'm saying, researching it and working on it and then getting good at it. So I was like, fuck it, then if I was able to do it with that, then maybe I could do it with this, even though I'm not the most comfortable doing it. Yeah. And then we'll see how it turned out. And I at least I was doing it with somebody that I, I knew and was cool with and felt comfortable with. You know what I mean? And when like we were two strangers, so that, that helped too. A, culmin- a culmination of those two things definitely helped me get past that. What about you, Spike? What, what being introverted, even though you you're willing to you know step in and get the job done, what made you get comfortable on the mic? And actually, you was mad comfortable in the early days. <laughs> <laughs> I used Before, to drink more than. Oh damn, <laughs> yeah, for real? I used to do it. Yeah, I used That's, to drink more. I was drinking all. Yeah, I know you don't drink uh, now, but I, I needed that to be comfortable to, okay. to drink more because like, but. One of the things like AB said, he and I are comfortable with each other. Like we have a relationship, like we may not share our closest secrets with each other or whatnot, but we are genuine good friends. So there's really like nothing that we're gonna be able to do to offend each other, but we can't address it and move on from it. So that was one of the things too. I think he and I doing it together and then receiving feedback about the chemistry. Like we already knew that we had it, but receiving the the, the feedback from people that we didn't know. Like, hey, man, you two guys yep. are good to each other. Mm-hmm. That made it a lot more comfortable to do. That made us start expanding our horizons, start talking about different things, being able to address more stuff because we started getting more comfortable, even more so than we knew, Pauls, with each other. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the feedback definitely helped. Like, you, you know how you... 
you said it earlier. I think you dabbled in making music or something. Like you and your partners may think it's banging, but you're like, man, that's my homeboy. He just he just looking out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's one thing when your yeah, people when think it's funny. Up to you. Yeah. yeah, it's another when somebody tweets from L.A. or somebody tweets from Idaho Even or New York, yeah. and you like, I, I listen to this every week. Then yeah. it starts to be an obligation. You're like, okay, I got to do this. These motherfuckers is checking for it, and you yeah, want to get sure. better at it. You want to talk more. Like it just builds from there. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I was asking Spike about some some logistics. And when he shot me back the logistics, I was like, wow. I was very impressed. Like some people might be like, oh, what's this or that? But for me personally, being a content creator and having tried and failed podcasts, I got a I, I made a post about it a while back where I posted all of like the the graphic design covers of the podcast. I tried to bring in homeboys in and you know it fell off or whatever, homegirls or whatever. So when he he gave me the logistics, I was like, wow, I was thoroughly impressed because I know that in real life, if you host an event as on deck TV, based on those numbers, that's a great following. And then you got merch and then you got products and then you got subscriptions. I'm like, yep, that's all you need. Because most times when we get into this platform, we don't necessarily want to be famous more so than we want the fortune. Right. You know what I'm saying? We want the bag and we want to be able to leave an impact before we leave this earth. But we don't care so much about the Hollywood shit. You know what I mean? So For me, it's doing something that I appreciate doing that I really can give my all to and be proud of and like and make money from. Then ain't like a nine to five, and I don't feel bogged down yeah. or tied to somebody or something else. The same thing, like even with entrepreneurship, when you buy homes and you try to do stuff just to free up your time, that's the most valuable thing to me at this age. So being able to do this, like what you were saying, with Animal Brown, with a friend, and be able to grow it and get that thing together as far as that, it goes a long way. Was there? Was there ever? And I know, I know y'all are the hip hop heads, but was there ever a conversation of doing something outside of hip hop at any point from the beginning stages to currently? Was there ever a conversation saying, yo, what if, you know what I mean? Like some unreleased ideas. Do y'all have any of that that's like, you know what I mean? Deleted scenes, if you will. You know what I mean? Did y'all ever have any the conversations like one. that? I'm gonna see if you name the biggest one that we always talk about. Let me see if you name it. I ain't got it. I would. I can't think of none. I was gonna go someplace else with it. Which one? The series. We always talk about what we're gonna do. Oh, the uh, you talking about the video, the podcast, or like no, the you don't forgot. So we Animal Brown and I not hip hop related. Uh, Twilight Zone based. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Friends, uh, TV fans like you man. so we want to do a, like a show based on the irony of black culture but like the twilight zone yep one offs not the same thing so i guess it would be like black mirror in today's culture but black mirror that's one of them yeah like this it wouldn't be like a straightforward beginning middle end story it would always be some ironic like twilight zone type shit yeah 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 we did we had that idea a long time ago like an anthology series but that's mm. where that's like tales it's, it's a mix between tales and twilight zone uh that's what we so had a hip-hop influence to it or it's something totally different ever, yeah 
Yeah, we, yeah, we can't help it. We can't help but have a hip hop influence in it. You know Everything. what I mean? Like, so yeah, that was that was the thing, man. We had them ideas. We got a lot of ideas. That ain't that's easy to come by between us two. <laughs> Y'all have such a great chemistry and personality. Like it's it's still crazy the fact that you say, yo, like I'm an introvert. Because y'all are so good together. Like as a fan, I've always looked at y'all like the outcast of hip hop podcasts. Like I've mm. always looked at y'all that way because I'm like, y'all have totally different personalities, totally different viewpoints, totally different swaggers. And to f- the fact that you say you're introverted and y- you do so well at how you're creating, it's commendable, bro. No, that's real. Right I appreciate up. that. Real talk. Because right you showed it, it was a struggle at first. And I was like, oh, I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Who who is Andre and who is Big Boy? Because you know Sam said that we outcast too. I tell you who he thought was who after you tell us, bro. Uh why you gonna do don't tell, why you gonna ask I me? Know. I want to know I'm, you think the same thing he do. I gotta really <laughs> think about. It. I gotta think because I'm I gotta go back into the discography. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's fair. That's acceptable. Because there was a moment where Spike was going crazy on the pod like you was going crazy while i was leaning on like yo he about to say some crazy stuff right now but then there was a moment where you kind of got pc and animal brown start stepping up and getting real animated so ah, i don't know i might call y'all earth gang no just, uh, y'all might be two andres right now you know what i'm saying i got i gotta go pc earth gang right now y'all both it's two andres right now man that's funny unless unless we doing like uh what's the song they had on the equipment i outro Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the story? No, I don't know no, can't worry about what another nigga think. Mm-hmm. Liberation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were e- they were equal counterparts on that that song. They both sang and got their lyrics off. If I would go that way, that's the only way. I don't. I really don't know, bro. I ain't trying to be PC, but I don't know because it depends on the moment. It's like, um. I don't think that's a wrong answer. I do want to preface it. I don't think that you. No, no, no. I, and I don't. More I don't either. Than any other, or anything yeah, like no. that. And the way that Sam explained it, which was surprising to me, he said that AB was more Andre three thousand, and I was more Big Boy. He said because he feels like that AB's more abstract, outside the box. I'm more business oriented, like no nonsense, kind yeah. of wraps it up in a bow. Focus, so, yeah. I, I, I yeah. mean. I can see that it's hard because I know the early stages, not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Like I was so devoted to what I was doing. I had to go all the way back from the top. Then I had to find that. I don't even know if I can get to the stream no more, but I had to find the stream, like the unreleased stream, like where uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to find, I'm like, yo, I got to hear this. And that's when I found out who's, <laughs> Well, out who Spike really was. <laughs> who Spike really was. Your early was, days was wild. He was crazy yes. at that time. Yeah. I was like, this man, like, you was talking like these niggas can't is. pull up on you. Yeah, <laughs> he was talking crazy. crazy at that time, but, you know, 
We had to get it rolling, man. We nah, had to but, set but, a but 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 y'all did y'all thing, and, and I can pre. Let, I want to ask this question: um, As two black men, we know that normally in our culture, y'all been podcast for what seven years, eight years, ten years, twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we coming up. We coming up on ten. We come on a decade. Yeah. So, as black men, partnership. Y'all had a friendship prior, but like being now a joint venture, business men. How have y'all managed to stay partners in a product that y'all have created together? I know that at moments, of course, you ain't gonna always agree. And at moments, you're like, "Man, I'm over it." You know, people have those moments, but how have y'all managed to do that? Being young boys growing up into grown men and having a product, a business, content creators, staying this consistent. For almost a decade, how, how have y'all managed to do that, man? I think um, I think part of it, or a large part of it, is like really loving to actually do it. Like it, it's not like a job. You understand what I'm saying, like bro, like that. This this gives energy for, to me. This gives life. Whereas maybe a nine to five or something like that takes it away, or like a chore that takes it away. And so that that's. To me, that's one of the biggest reasons that I, we've been able to like remain consistent. And then, like he said, we both have pretty thick skin, man. So it's not really anything like none of us are really necessarily like sensitive to anything that the other is going to say. Uh, it's just not the way we really wired. And so like that helps, too. Um, and we both know that about each other, too. So like <laughs> and, we, yeah. and we know that about ourselves. More right. importantly, you got to know yourself, but then also know the other person. And know how to kind of communicate and move and move that way, but that's also been part of the learning process too. You know what I'm saying? Like this has helped me be a little bit of a better communicator. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just that's one thing that's probably different from when we first started. Um, so yeah, that, that's in my opinion, from my perspective, that's that's those were two things that were big in, in that regard. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. For me, I th- um, it's allowing each other the freedom too to also keep doing other things. Like not listening to people saying, well, why don't y'all do this? Why don't y'all do this? Y'all should be doing it this way. Y'all should do Have you thought about doing it this way? Like Adam O'Brien and I are still going through the learning stages. Like this is new to us. So building a brand, growing a brand, and even individually building our brands, doing things outside of On Deck TV podcast. I know, like he just talked about, we know each other personally. So I don't look at something and I see Adam O'Brown and be like, man, what are you doing? Like, why ain't call me and tell me about that, man? Like, what's going on? As to where other people would, that don't know our relationship or don't really know the ins and outs of how we conduct the podcast, would look at that as like, man, it must be something going on. There's issues like me doing this with you or him doing the other things that he do. But how each one of us look at it internally is like, I know that I'm respectful enough of him to have a conversation if I felt like it was going a way that I didn't want it to go. As to him, me, when he spoke about communication, and it's not a thing of where it would be a fallout. Oh man, you did this, and I never, I'm never talking to you again. We just, we're not that hyperbolic with each other. So we allow each other room to do other things because I know he got other interests outside of um, on deck TV podcasts and hip hop that I may not be interested in, as I do with him. So it ain't uh, there, there's a, a also a healthy 
space that we have in our relationship where we're not overburdening each other and everything has to be about this one thing. I think a lot of people make that mistake in partnerships and then they get tired of each other because they disagreeing about which way they want to take it so much versus he and I are both able to really get in our individual bags and be able to say, hey, man, I've got this value here. I got this value here together and just make both of them even stronger product. Okay. So, dude, if y'all wasn't doing a hip hop podcast and obviously Spike, you've been going crazy on multifaceted podcast as well as Animal Brown. Which are uh, fresher than your average, and you've popped up on Chris Platty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the YouTube show. Go Pistons too, by the way. Hey, relax, relax, <laughs> relax on that. You're not even from Detroit, son. What are you talking about? No, just like, <laughs> this guy. This man ain't from what the Packers. He ain't from where the Packers Bay. is from. He ain't from where. <laughs> the this is That's what happens when you grow up in a city with no with yeah, no sports no teams, teams, man. You, you, you had the Titans. What are you talking? You had the Titans. They went there when we was coming up. That's Hell why I no. like the Cowboys. They, they went came, around when we was growing up. Yeah, they came out ninety eight, ninety nine. The Titans we was fully around? invested. Nah, mm-hmm. we was fully invested in our other teams. By the they, yeah, or- they had the Oilers, didn't they? Well, yeah, you know I'm saying they didn't come to Tennessee until '98. Good team, like we didn't have a team when we. Like I know I started rooting for the Cowboys in '94, '93. Yep. Like, there wasn't no Titans to root for alternatively. There wasn't nobody else there. So why wouldn't I root for the best team in America? Okay, but then when they came a team, you still didn't. You didn't. Nah. Ain't no it's, a, it's a wrap. Yeah, ain't, no, ain't no switch. switch. Like, I don't respect that. Niggas switch. Ain't no up. switch. Nah, ain't no switch up. Your hometown, bro. No, bro. Ain't none of that. You're nah, a real see, sports fan. You if you're a real sports fan, nah, you got don't do one that. team. Don't, don't do that. One don't team do that. in don't, each league. Uh, and no. it ain't ain't gotta be your home. Ain't no switched up. Oh, nah, man, I, fuck nah you, you went to a distant land, brother. You went to a mm-hmm. distant land. Just speaking the truth. Atlanta fan. I ain't Atlanta fan either. You ain't from like, Atlanta. I'm, you from Tennessee. Why are you not a Titans fan? <laughs> Why would I be a Titans fan? Because you're from Tennessee. It was too late. Absolutely not. And they didn't yeah, nah. No, we was in too deep. It, we was in too deep, and by it's then, but by, by the time the Titans came, the the Cowboys and the Packers had won chips. It was a round. Yeah, look, so y'all, y'all, just, y'all, y'all bandwagon fans. <laughs> no, look at y'all. I've been here since day one. We would have been look bandwagon had we switched. Look at this. Had we switched and been like, oh, it's a new team in town. Somebody it's come like look at this. Titan blue. <laughs> Somebody come look at this. I'd be so irritated by them people too. Why you don't root for the Titans? Nigga, get out of here. Nigga, I was 10 toes down when the Titans got here. I don't believe in my city's town. I mean, I don't believe in my city's team. (laughs) Just say it. Say it so the world I don't. I don't believe in them. Okay, well, I I, I don't care. This man is a real man. Yeah, I don't all believe right. in them at all. Let me let me speak this before we get into the homework so we can wrap this. Um Okay. The legacy of on deck. We don't know when the final episode will be. We don't know when it'll be you know, uh when that will exist, when y'all will have the conversations of we want to do this because we want to expand to something else. But I want to ask both of you. Mm-hmm. First off, what are some of the most memorable moments of On Deck that you personally always think about or always come to mind when you think about On Deck when you're not recording? You're like, you know what? This is one of the fire moments that I really appreciate. And then also, 
part two of the question. What is what is the legacy that you want to leave behind as black creators, black podcasters of hip hop content? Whenever that day comes, it may it may not be any anytime soon. It could be 20 years from now. But what is that that you want to leave behind? So it's a two part question. Um, man, the most one of the most memorable things, in my opinion, was probably the live show. Um, we did a live show and just to see people in person to put names to faces from social media. Um, some people travel from out of town like bro, like that, like that. It means a lot to me. You know what I'm saying? Just speaking for myself. Because I understand, because I'm I'm not too cool to be a fan of shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm I, I just got through waving the Pistons and the Packers flag crazy. I know how I do about Drake, Kanye. Like I'm a fan at the end of the day. And so when people when people pull up, drive from out of town, fly from out of town, come to the show, pay money, come to the show, sit to watch us take pictures, bro. Like that shit. That that's that's different because I'm I am as regular as a person as possible, man. I don't care for the Hollywood or celebrity stuff. That doesn't move me at all. But when people pull up and say, "Bro, I've been rocking with the show for this long," yo, y'all got me wanting to do podcasts, like all that stuff, like that, man. That should be dope to me, man. So that that's and that leads into the legacy part too, is that it? Hopefully, we inspired somebody to do something else or to, to, to do something other than what we've been conditioned to do which is just work until we die because again you alluded to it earlier bro we didn't have no examples so when people and, and we purposefully put in business tidbits and topics into the show even though it is we still draw it back to hip-hop but we did that purposefully we don't do the media takeout salacious topics we leave those out if you notice yeah we do that on purpose and we purposely put in books or business transactions or business moves or charity that artists have done we do that on purpose so then people can be motivated to do something like that on their own too because we didn't have those conversations growing up so it's cool being early we were early first you could argue whatever the case may be but it's just that people had something to take away from it that wasn't salacious or some type of hot take or some type of headline it was a little more depth to what our conversations brought to hip-hop that, that's what i want our legacy to be well said i agree with that um moments for me i feel like was the nipsey hustle passing episode that stuck out in my mind um that was really one of the first time i know you said i would get wild but that shit really <laughs> hurt my feelings as far as just being a consumer of hip-hop i thought that one day we would have a benefit of meeting him and maybe doing some business with him like that's how motivated that i was um just seeing him like i said i tell the story all the time i went to california i went specifically just to go to a fucking clothing store which is nuts um i respect that being yeah that's how that's how much he had affected me and influenced me so one it was bittersweet because we had to talk about it there but two i was proud that animal brown and i had built a platform to where things like that happened and people were checking for us like there were several texts that i got that were i couldn't wait to hear what you guys had to say about this oh man that was such a, a great delivery about what you said about this part of this or this part of it oh i didn't one of my favorite texts to get it oh i never thought of it that way 
you not not even that you convinced me to think of it this way but you just gave me another perspective those are some of the favorite times those are some of my favorite moments in doing this and when you talk about leaving a legacy the reason i took chose the name spike and have the whole acronym seek presence or power information and knowledge everywhere of course from spike lee but i want my media footprint to be large i feel like even when animal brown and i have moved on to do other things i look at on deck like a sports center of hip-hop so it don't have to be he and i driving the seat we've made that blueprint so even if we step away and there's someone else doing the on deck tv show people will know that that's the brand that we built that's the style that's the approach that we took to it like he said it greatly like it, it wasn't salacious it wasn't media takeout so the people who even step in it and do it after us after we built this brand to where it could be a sports center and you have fans that tune in for the name because they know the brand that he and i built is going to be strong and people are going to come in after it and take heed to it and try to emulate do it better or the same way so when i step back and look at it from a, a macro vision just building a media legacy i purposely chose that name spike because of what spike lee did in the movie business i wanted to elevate that be the next generation of that from an overall content perspective books podcasts tv shows movies whatever it may be i want to have my hand in it and i feel like that this was the best way to get people to know myself conversations that black men could have about hip-hop with this show with other things just putting ourselves out there being the content creators that i would like to see is the legacy that i want to leave as we wrap that man animal brown spike lou y'all mean so much to me man and i and i don't say and this that means on, the world to us to be and honest. i and, and i believe y'all and i don't say this on no hollywood uh type of uh response but yeah, I mean a lot to me. Like before, I've ever believed that I could reach y'all because I did reach y'all. You know, I, I spoke about it before, but I I had the show that I promote at the end of the show, my audio drama. I wanted to connect with y'all. I wanted to be under Realville Media, um, but at the time, uh, Animal Brown gave a real response. He said, "Like we still knew at this, and to be honest." We don't, we, it's all in house and we don't want you to necessarily bring it our way because we don't, we wouldn't know how to handle it, take it where it needs to go. It was a selfless response and I always appreciated that. And when I reached out to Spike Lou, it was, I'm not going to give y'all the whole goods because I'm going to save it for the podcast that we, uh, are coming up with soon. Well, you can give them a little bit because you, you want me to give it to them. That I made. We got to do with the point that I made earlier about knowing what other people are interested in and being an expert in certain things because that's what you reached out on. Yeah, I, it, it, it probably wouldn't respond. To and you yeah, yeah. I, not reached I, out about my favorite show ever. Like it probably would have went a whole different way. Yeah. Well, so I reached out to Spike on he he has a separate podcast called snow school and he he had talked about this season he talked about a particular episode the episode i do not remember but he had spoke of certain lead actors uh protagonists uh anti-heroes if you may and he one of the people that he spoke about outside of walter white 
was Tony Soprano. When he spoke about that, it, it immediately had my ears go up like a deer. I was like, oh, he's a Sopranos fan. And so from that point, I, I shot my shot. I said, yo, look, I'm I just I just got off my second time around on watching the Sopranos. And you into it. How about we create on doing a Sopranos review podcast? They don't have black reviewers of the they don't have black reviewers of white television let's be clear y'all at ab spike glue we don't have that because they think black people are not into game of thrones they think black people are not into a million little things they think black people are not into friends or they don't realize so and when people do do reviews of these television shows they don't have a swagger I was about to say it's a gold mine too because we it's, do it differently. Oh, How black yeah. people see shit is like if, black Twitter, for instance. We exactly. do it that different. The perspective exactly. is different. Exactly. Totally if different. we come through and we do our research and we bring the sauce, can't nothing compete to be real. So I reached out to Spike Lou. I said, "Hey, yo, I'm a big fan of Sopranos. I just watched it two times back to back. I never watch shows back to back. Never." Spike Lou, he obliged. He spoke his piece, and from that point on, we started cooking and building. And he said, yo, how about with my separate feed, how about we build our chemistry and we put something together? And from that point on, we'll build some momentum. And we'll, and from that point, we'll develop the Sopranos Review Podcast. And here we are, another week in the books, having the on-deck TV show slash podcast here with Animal Brown. So, uh... This speaks volumes to believing in yourself, just like Animal Brown and Spike Lou have with their podcast going from uh, a video media to a spoken review uh, form of podcasting and journalism. It speaks volumes to that. And so I'm grateful for both of y'all. Y'all have meant so much to me. And I've always, and we can move on, but I've always believed that Based on y'all little tidbits of y'all personal perspective within the hip hop things that are going on, I've always believed like they got more to say. I'm I'm not a person that's like a generic like oh that's it. No, I always like oh Animal Brown really want to say more, but for the sake of the show, he got to move on. Spike Lou want to say more, but for the sake of the show, he got to move on. So I've always believed that, and I've respected y'all viewpoint uh, as a listener. And so, man, y'all brothers, man, y'all keep doing your thing. I'm a black man that respects these other two black men that are stepping into a uh, platform that we don't see a lot of people that look like us. So, man, y'all keep going. Uh, my last question as we go into our homework, how have y'all stayed consistent and not got discouraged doing it as long as y'all have? And having an idea of where it should be or the possibilities thereof versus where it actually is. Have y'all stayed encouraged and consistent? I'm about to say, I, I, I wouldn't say I ain't been discouraged before. I've definitely been discouraged. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 and it's Lou Mans, but there, there, there's a podcaster that I am 99% sure 
that a lot of they shit off of us and but and, and it's okay it, i use it as fuel but it's just you know that it can be discouraging at first you just have to turn it into fuel and so that's what i have done but man you sit and, and he's we've talked about this a couple of times there's been several times when we've had ideas and call shit before they happen and so it means that you're on the right track. You could either that could either discourage you and be like, man, fuck this. I'm out nine to five or whatever. Basic life, whatever you want to call it. But to me, it's like, OK, it, it kind of uh, backs up what we were already thinking. Like, damn, we on the right track then um, because the trends and stuff had went in that direction. But when I tell you, when we started this, no podcast, no black podcast existed except Combat Jack and Juan Epstein with Paul Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds. Mm-hmm. Those were the we two. This was when we used to tell them what we did. We do but a yeah, the, the education what? piece of telling somebody what a podcast was was impossible. Oh, Those man. are the two hip-hop podcasts that existed and they were both interview-based show. None of them were commentary from a fan's perspective. So... We and now ask ask how many of those exist today. Like it's a you know what I'm saying that's a whole different answer. So when you when you believe in what it is that you think will work and you've seen it executed, then you have faith that it'll be your turn at some point. Facts. And another thing that AB said earlier, it's not a job. Like I do a lot of shit, man, that drains me that you would rather not be doing, but you have to just because how life is set up. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of those things. This isn't. I never look at this so on deck like shit i gotta record today yep. maybe initially maybe when you you know you just you just want a free day but then when you get into it and you're doing it like you said this is one of the things that gives me energy because it, it may be narcissistic or whatnot but i do this for people like i've been recently working with dead in a lot and they've been getting comments man spike Lou's perspective or even when we get comments like there are people out here that like it may sound cliche to say, but they need this. Like on just a day-to-day basis, like Brian, like it's motherfuckers that ain't got too many friends. And listen, listen to Adam Brown and me like, nigga, this I, I would be hurt if y'all niggas missed the week. These are my niggas. If I didn't have this yeah. from the yeah, like I, yeah. I do it for them, to be honest with you, man. Cause I've been that person. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I listen to podcasts that way. So I do it for people that would like to hear that now. For sure. Well, I'll speak to uh the fans. I'll say that. We appreciate you two black men being grown uh, and growing with your content, staying consistent. Black people, we struggle with that word consistency. But you two brothers have stepped in and said, hey, yo, we're going to change the narrative. and We're going to show you all how two black men can continue to create. We may not agree at moments. We might have a moment. I ain't feeling you. I ain't feeling you. But we come back together for the sake of the the greater good. And I appreciate y'all brothers because I want to adapt to what y'all have created. Yo, black man to black man. Let's keep doing this. Black man to black man. I apologize. Black man to black man. I forgive you. We good. So I appreciate Spike Lou, Animal Brown, CJ Williams. I appreciate y'all, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And what a homework, what we'll do. You would love to hear this when we was in school. This would be, it's an, I know AB hate long formatted podcasts, doing the whole <laughs> black history fact about him. He probably been ready to get out of here for about 30 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. So, you probably we'll been do, ready for 45. No, we'll, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I just got to go get me something to eat. Uh, however, I'm good. I, I enjoyed this because we, don't ever get to do this and the thought process behind this too when i was telling you mo i'd like for when people get to hear 
Animal Brown get to be more personable and he and I get to have more conversations that ain't just based off hip hop and the current events. So this was fun. So no, I haven't been ready to go, but we will skip the homework this week and we'll reconvene on the homework next week. I think we may have another special guest on too. This should be fun, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll make sure we get to the homework part of it. We'll talk more about the serial podcast and the homework that I had for this week. So no homework this week, but in another week in the book is y'all email us. Let us know what you thought about the mashup of On Deck TV and another week in the books. Give us some feedback, ask some questions, go rate, subscribe and like remember the best way to spread the word about a podcast is to tell somebody you know that listens to them word of mouth is the best way so tell somebody you know that listens to it to listen to it from the words of my fsp brothers tell a friend yes and we go ahead animal brown what oh, can take them out what can they find you at bro what 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 they got to check for for you man Man, holler at your boy on social media, man, Instagram and Twitter, animal underscore brown. If you're looking for me, um, man, check out my YouTube channel, Culturalist Theory. Shout out my homegirl Q. Um, more hip hop talk, man. More hip hop fix. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, shouts out to that. And I don't know who runs y'all uh, Culturalist Theory, but I definitely was the person that DM'd y'all on uh, being a writer. So I. Oh, word? Yeah, word. Like I, I was trying to get involved. Mopar uh, Jamaican, man. He got he won like nine or ten. <laughs> jobs, this so guy, the narrative, Spike, him. Spike. You ready? Hey, when we get off here, we got to talk about some writing because this guy's ready. This guy's ready. ready. But uh, if you want to find us, you can find us another week in the books um, on Instagram. No spaces. Uh, if you want to find me personally, you can find me at the underscore conceptual underscore Mari's Hunt. Uh, check out On Deck TV every Wednesday Check out Another Week in the Books every Friday And if y'all haven't already As I'm writing season 4 Go check out my personal podcast Where I'm acting, producing, writing uh, So on and so forth It's called Roll The audio drama series uh, A black man uh, Coming to age story So go y'all, y'all go check that out It's Another Week in the Books We out Absolutely and one last thing I get my sports fix in on Mondays with the dead end guys. So check me out talking sports with those guys and a weekly breakdown of, like you said, Mo House of Dragons. We give mm-hmm. a review on that each week and a review of Raising Canaan. Mm. Yeah, your boy been podding, podding here lately trying to get that brand up. So go check those out on Frames Per Second and the dead end feed. Again, on Deck TV show feed and another week in the books feed. Let's go. Mm-hmm.